Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house today? Sure. I don't have anything big planned. Just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Just three weeks ago, we talked about Noah Baumbach's career and the crazy trip that it took from kicking and screaming to the Barbie movie. In 2010, Noah Baumbach met his future partner, Greta Gerwig, when he cast her in 2010's Greenberg opposite Ben Stiller. I'm impressed by you. In what way? I don't know. I mean, you seem really fine doing nothing. It's like you don't feel the pressure to be successful. I mean, by other people's standards. From there, Baumbach worked with the 28-year-old Greta Gerwig on a screenplay for Francis Ha. Their creative partnership has continued for over a decade as Greta Gerwig has transitioned into directing her own films. It's, it's what I want in a relationship, which might explain why I'm single now. Ha ha. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of hard to... It's that thing when you're with someone and you love them and they know it and they love you and you know it, but it's a party and you're both talking to other people and you're laughing and shining. First, the semi-autobiographical coming of age story, Lady Bird, and then an adaptation of Little Women. And now after working with her partner, Noah Baumbach on a screenplay, the absolute summer juggernaut, the Barbie movie. Looking good, Barbie. The Barbie movie has exploded into theaters, quickly becoming the first blockbuster directed by a woman to hit $1 billion globally. A Barbie movie had long been in the works, as far back as 2009, with Mattel signing various deals to have the movie developed. Multiple writers, from Sex and the City writer Jenny Bix, to Amy Schumer, who would have also starred, to Diablo Cody. In 2018, Margot Robbie entered negotiations to produce the Barbie movie with her husband, who is also her frequent production partner, Tom Ackerley. After seeing Little Women in 2019, Margot Robbie approached Greta Gerwig about writing and directing the project, which she was now going around pitching all over the place. Gerwig enlisted Noah Baumbach, and they worked on a script throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. But I think it was something, it, it was such a, it's, it was, honestly, it was such a head scratcher, like to, to figure out, like, how are we, what is what, what is the story we're going to tell here? What is even, like, how do we deal with this? I mean, Barbie's been uh, invented, she was invented in 1959 and she exists until now. And she's gone through so many different iterations. And my mom did not like Barbie. And so I had all of that front in front of mind of like all the, the ways in which she's a complicated icon. And I think, um, it, it, instead of rejecting all of that, we just sort of ran towards it. Like all of the complications and all of the things that felt thorny was like, we'll just, let's start there. Gerwig wanted to both criticize and celebrate Barbie, to acknowledge the feminism behind the creation of the dolls, but also to criticize the unrealistic beauty standards that Barbie has contributed to. The criticism and mockery of Mattel and Gerwig's screenplay was controversial to the company executives who had greenlit the initial project, Mattel CEO opted to give Gerwig creative freedom. The result is a film which has been celebrated for being subversive, even as Mattel cashes in on it. As the hype and monetary gains have built up, the Barbie movie has obviously become a controversial topic. Political pundits have attempted to drain cultural capital from the pop feminism that Gerwig has brought to the project. In some cases, it has reached the kind of 
feverish hysteria that can only be understood in the context of this Cold War climate. For those who can't wait that long, I'm going to give a review of the Barbie movie in the most Oppenheimer fashion. What the f*** doing? Greta Gerwig is definitely an interesting director for a project like this. Gerwig's mother wouldn't let her get a Barbie, as what she calls a child of the 60s. Her mom was quick to point out the problematic and unrealistic nature of Barbie in general. However, she eventually relented and bought her a Barbie. These two sides of Barbie, as an important cultural touchstone and a symbol of modernity, but also the unrealistic body image and rampant consumerism symbolically attached to it. It's all which is truly emblematic of both our good intentions and our excesses as a consumer culture. Barbie lives in Barbie land, an idyllic community where Barbie is in charge and everything is great for the Barbies. It is a pink utopia, a feminist matriarchy, where Barbie is on top and Ken lives to be noticed by her, and it's assumed that the real world is like that too. However, a sense of disequilibrium begins to plague stereotypical Barbie, played by Margot Robbie. You guys ever think about dying? <laughs> she begins to take on the flaws that make us human, from flat feet to cellulite to anxious thoughts about death. My heels are on the ground. <gasps> comes from the relationship between a child or a woman and Barbie being frayed. Barbie is sent by Weird Barbie, a grotesque version of Barbie played by Kate McKinnon, who has been played with too hard, into the real world to confront and fix whatever is causing this disequilibrium. Along with Barbie comes Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, an overlooked member of the underclass, the Kens, who are possibly homeless and live to be noticed by the Barbies. But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no just Ken. This journey into the real world is jarring. Barbie and Ken realize that the ideal society they believed in, that Barbie Land represented as a reflection of the real world, well, not for Ken, is far from being the actual reality. I like the fact that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach don't lay this at Barbie's feet, or even the creator Ruth Handler's feet, but at a larger patriarchal system. You set the feminist movement back 50 years. You destroy girls' innate sense of worth, and you are killing the planet with your glorification of rampant consumerism. No, I'm supposed to help you and make you happy and powerful. Oh, I am powerful. And until you showed up here and declared yourself Barbie, I hadn't thought about you in years, you fascist. <laughs> Barbie believes that she's been a positive role model and influence, and is horrified to find out that the Barbie brand has been detrimental to the self-esteem and body image of many women. I think you have that the wrong way around. You represent everything wrong with our culture. Sexualized capitalism, unrealistic physical ideas. No, no, no. You're describing something stereotypical. Barbie is so much more than that. Look at yourself. I am technically stereotypical Barbie. Ken, however, quickly realizes that this mirror world has men on top and seeks to emulate the concept of patriarchy in order to get some respect. Barbie also realizes that the real Mattel, a company run by men, including Will Ferrell, is seeking to trap her in a box to bring her out of the real world and escape the embarrassment of dolls come to life. We also get Barbie taking a task, at least symbolically, when she meets a preteen girl named Sasha, who lists off in rapid fire all the problems with Barbie as a consumer product, subjecting her to a stinging feminist rebuke delivered in a way only a preteen mean girl can. I'm not sure what would symbolize a better welcome to the real world moment.
The Barbie movie is definitely silly. It's mostly fun, but has some surprisingly nuanced things to say about self-acceptance, feminism, and being a more accepting society. And I think Greta Gerwig is a great person to tell that story as someone with feet in multiple worlds. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beat you off. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends have a new split EP with Lung called Adult Prom. Jay Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Lauren Schwinnard is a writer and social media strategist who writes film reviews for Merry-Go-Round Magazine and is on Letterboxd as Lonely Goat Herd. I, of course, am your host, coming to you live from my Mojo Dojo Casa House basement, <laughs> Forrest Miller. I'll see you on the Malibu Beach. Fantastic. I have no notes. I love it. <laughs> uh, wow. What, what, what a feat this movie is. Like, just like, there's, there's nothing about this that should work. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just rewatched um, uh, Legally Blonde 2, and that's <laughs> what this movie should be, uh, like on paper. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, it's surprisingly uh, better than Legally Blonde 1, which uh, I will mm. defend. Um, you're, you're here, folks. Barbie walks so Elrond uh, Elwoods could run. Yes. Uh, Lauren, welcome back. Uh, Hi, I'm so happy our, to be here. It's our official Greta Gerwig correspondent. Absolutely. Yeah. Officially, I, I had officially so much got fun a title. Ladybird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the best. It's uh, <laughs> it's great to have you. You were one of my my first letterbox friends. So uh, that's right. Speaking <laughs> of uh, yeah. Barbie, did you guys know? Look that at us Barbie now. Was Sorry, inspired by uh, a German sex doll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was Eileen, friend of the show. Eileen Jones wrote that whole article in Jacobin about Barbie, and um, she, I forget. Do, Christine, do you remember the name of the doll? I don't. But yeah, it was like it, it was like a French doll, and her name was Lily. And it was, yeah. was like she's kind of like Lily. one of those like you know those hula girls that you put on like the dash yeah. of your car, and then they just kind of like. Ooh. So yep. it was like she was like that. Yeah, it's like, yo, I like to get down, check out this doll. All right, yeah. <laughs> sure. I remember back in the uh, '90s, we had a uh, um, there was a graphic novel conference, and uh, that's what she looked like. That was in the, the middle of the graphic novel conference. This woman gives this great, uh, like, you know, uh, you know, she she does her uh, uh, whatever study paper she wrote on Barbie, where she pulls out X-rays of somebody who swallows Barbie heads, and went through what? the history of Barbie uh, and called it Barbie the Edible Disorder. 
What? Uh-huh. It was, but that it was makes absolutely... a lot of sense because I chewed on a lot of Barbie shoes as a child. Yeah, no, <laughs> a apparently, there's a guy out in California who has a fetish of like cutting off Barbie heads and swallowing them. Oh my god! Fetish for everything those these are, days. Those are some weird Barbies for sure in Barbie Damn. land. <laughs> weird Barbie looking real normal now. <laughs> Legally blonde too. <laughs> that's that's. To be fair, that was my reaction. But it's too much of a gentleman to say anything. <laughs> The second watch is the part that got me. Legally like, anyway. Blonde, thirty-seven. <laughs> I haven't watched Legally Blonde uh, two since like uh, I, I don't even think my second child was born. So you know, right. let the record show. Fine. All right. So uh, <laughs> I think that again, I still having so I've seen it twice now in theaters, and I still can't get over. There's no part of this should work and it's so great yeah. like how is this so great and the only answer i have is that greta gerwig is a sorcerer that's really what yeah. it comes down to i i think she i think a big shit. part of it is her nuanced relationship to barbie like as an individual which like makes sense if you yeah. watch like any of her you know her like pre-directorial movies that she like helped write like she's not she's a very complicated kind of person and of course, even little women, her. even little women, like if you look at like what she put into little women, right? And what she got mm -hmm. out of it, which is to say something that even if you don't really care about that book, like you're like, oh no, I get like why this connected with people. And like, I get the emotional resonance of this. And, and honestly, it's just like, oh no, it's just a great film. She seems uh, more like a little women kind of person than a Barbie person is, is what I'll say. Right? Like, uh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah. She's, she's also an artist and like, like that's the important yeah. thing is that, that she's an artist and she was given a chance to actually, you know, do her craft and this is what happens. Yeah. And it's the only, it's going to be Hollywood's going to learn all their long lessons from it. And they already it's, have, it's, it's, <laughs> they're going to just try to like, all right, we can do the, like make 20 of these. Yes. No, Let's, you, make no, no, you yeah. Let's make a movie. Let's make What was it? Was it the Polly Pocket? Polly Lena, Lena, Dunham. Lena Denham's Polly Pocket. Yeah. No, thank you. That's the only a pass way. The only way that, all right, this joke's going to really. Polly Pocket can, I, come on. This, this joke might not land. <laughs> The only oh, way God. a Jenga movie is working is if uh, a couple planes hit it. And, <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. And it's, I mean, <laughs> moving to Extravaganza has been demonetized <laughs> now. Or extra monetized. If, that if they, well, no, it's like it's like someone grappling with their own personal relationship to the Twin Towers falling, but like through Jenga. And that's the only it's way. It's all that, an allegory. It's, all, it's basically <laughs> a remake it's an of this thing. allegory for the post-millennial <laughs> fall of society. Look, oh, I would, oh, I would, oh, I would mock that. I would mock that, but there's a battleship movie. No, yeah. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, pre, and that was pre—that was pre-Hollywood. That was before yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they made a movie about freaking Battleship. Amazing. I mean, I'm open to like a Barbie sequel about her trying to navigate in the real world and experience oh, stuff up, like Dan? love. Hey, Dan. <laughs> and the only way Barbenheimer can finally like, like commence, like really, is for Killian Murphy to play the love interest in the Barbie sequel. Everyone's like, you I should agree. Be and I'm like, no, love interest. Come on. But hasn't Greta said that she's not interested in doing a sequel? I mean, people are like, but I'm okay. like, I mean. So the, the, the U.S. government, right, uses, finds Barbie World, like Barbie World, right? Like, oh and God, they use yeah. it for an atomic testing site. Right, right. So <laughs> the guy that sets up the atomic testing site is Killian Murphy. He's not yeah, yeah. Oppenheimer in this one, though. He's like, uh, you know. He's like top the time He's travel like membrane is broken, <laughs> yeah. and now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it does. It does kind of look like Nevada and Barbie, like at least the outskirts of it, right? Like, yeah. 
And then not, Ken not the somehow thing. becomes like uh, 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 Charlton Heston and um, uh, oh, that movie that uh, uh, Omega Man, you know, like, like <laughs> right, wandering right. around the desert fighting like mutants. Sure. You know what's interesting is the long list Mouse of movies that inspired. There's, there's that movie with Nathan Lane and uh... that was Mouse Hunt. Yeah, but that's like I mean, it, it's, it had Mouse in the name. It's enough for me. It's green to trap him. <laughs> Uncle Alligator says I'm fine with it. <laughs> Christina, go ahead. So, Uncle Alligator in the chat. Okay. <laughs> so I got my laptop up, and there's a long list of movies that Greta Gerwig used for Barbie. That were inspirations, <laughs> which I'm <laughs> good. Solid. Chat's on fire tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I can. Uh, when we do the after party, I can pull that up. There's like a letterbox video where she lists. It's just too long for an actual episode. I think it's like 13 yeah. minutes. Yeah. But, but like so like many. And I can yeah. see why. I, you know, watching this as many times as I have, not to brag or anything, but I've seen it about 10 <laughs> times now. Um, I can oh, see I didn't, where. I didn't know that that was a brag, but all right. Whatever. But I can see like how the, 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 the film. The films inspire these, you know, this movie. Like I can see where Saturday Night Fever comes in because when Ken's discovering that men rule oh, the yeah. world, he's strutting stuff like Tony from Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, she's like, is that what Staying Alive was on the official playlist for the Barbie movie? On, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, in the dance number two, it's way Staying Alive. If you, yeah, if you stop and think about yeah. it, the choreography yeah. and everything, it's, and, it's Staying Alive, and also like it's kind of West Side Story. Like, oh, yeah. totally, yeah. totally, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Like, really, when they're when they're going really after each other, they'd like flip like, around. They're like. Ah. <laughs> we should let the theater kid have her like, say go ahead um, in the in the background is very much like that singing in the rain like american in paris ballet numbers yep. and then like yeah but then they threw in like okay. every decade's worth of dance moves yep and there's even some like busy busby berkeley kind of stuff you know yes. totally Busby yeah. berkeley was not fun to work with let me tell you like <laughs> what did you do <laughs> Are you speaking from personal experience? What's what's no, what is this? But, but like he was a difficult director to work yeah, with because yeah. he was known for those very difficult dance numbers, and it cost Judy Garland in um, oh the sure, sure. Gun movie. Yeah. By the way, for anyone was... in the chat or whatever that hasn't seen it, um, I believe Sunday is like National Cinema Day, and like all the chain theaters have, I think, like four or five dollars. Four dollars. Uh, yeah, four dollar movie tickets. So anybody that hasn't seen Barbie movie or like Oppenheimer that definitely should that's in the chat or whatever is watching this later. Um, if you go to like most like chain cinemas, they have uh, on Sunday, they have like $4 tickets. I mean, they might all be sold out. You know, get that. Isn't yeah. it going to be theaters are showing Ladybird, So you could, you could bang, bang with the, with the Greta Gerwig really? Lady Bird. And then yeah. you can go watch Barbie. The, the and... bird, the bird be, uh, <laughs> bird, <laughs> bird be. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, I, I, that's interesting because that that would be uh, that would be an interesting double feature because I think you yeah. can kind of people that because there's a lot of people coming in to see Barbie that have no frame of reference, right? They maybe they never yeah. saw Little Women. They sure as hell never saw Lady Bird. You have no yeah. frame of reference, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's something where I think if you are familiar with those movies, then like mm -hmm. the sensibility uh, that she brings to this makes sense, right? Like it's it's celebratory but also self-aware not cripplingly self-aware yeah and that's I, so key that's such a hard balance beam to walk and and i think most movies unfortunately get over in the like nudge nudge wink wink territory 
not the Monty Python bit, uh, and, and to the detriment of the art itself. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Wait, know what I mean? Uh, what, uh, I, what I really <laughs> like about, um, too, with Greta's, like, kind of filmography, at least the stuff that she's just directed, yeah. is that you see the ripple effects of each of the previous works on the next work, even though right. they are so they couldn't be more different from each other. It's like, you've got yeah. your indie darling and you've got your big blockbuster with like huge brand credibility. And then you have a period piece and yet they're all speaking to the same themes of like feminism and they have, um, and she's really big on needle drops, um, which yeah. you see a lot of in like, obviously in Barbie and then in Lady Bird. One of my favorite things about Lady Bird is that she hand wrote letters to all the people whose songs she wanted in Lady Bird in yeah, the hopes that they so would great. like just give her the rights. And then it was like so much easier for her to get the rights to the things she wanted in Barbie. Um, and you yeah. just see it as just not only are these things standing alone, but that it's kind of like building a, a pyramid. Like Because she uses it like, as part of the storytelling, right? Sense. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Christina. Go ahead. But that's why I think like her needle drops make sense because the songs that are used, like they represent like what's happening and the vibes of the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I like, I really like that for this movie. Uh, it's like a original soundtrack, right? Like yeah, yeah score kind of came up with something and it's like, I mean, you know, like Conan and, and all of us were talking about how like, it's definitely not like your thing, the, the, the pop, but it's like, supposed I, to be, I, but, it's not, but it's not that. supposed but, to be but my but thing. I'm saying it's, like, it's, it's kind of fascinating that it's like all, um, like current right like top yeah i like top. it in spite of that like Artists, even though it's not yeah. like i love it sure i'm sure okay i'm sure yeah, you do that's fine i'm saying it misses me on that but the thing is it's perfect for the movie and that's well, what that's it's more perfect, important like, this marketing rollout that's well, like, and exactly and think yeah. about what this is right exactly mm -hmm. and and the larger cultural cachet of barbie as as, as a uh, you know a global entity and and worldwide no name and and what she's doing with this it completely makes sense and also to and i never mentioned this in the letterbox review where i specifically called out the music is missing me uh <laughs> i love a song that references what's happening on the screen yeah yeah and it does that so well, and it's yeah. how you know you're in for something really funny. My, is my it, like, favorite when, one is where you know it's after the disco almost party, got it. And, <laughs> and Ken's leading in, and you hear like Silver Platter, which is like a song about like give me a chance to prove that I can be your man or something like that. And she's just like, <laughs> I think so. For for people that maybe come in from less of an open mind, I think when when you ha hear the song about like when things start going wrong and the lyrics start like you, you're, it's kind of shorthand for okay, it's okay to like be in on the joke at this point and, mm -hmm. and and that's welcoming and open in a way that uh again hard line to walk because you can go the other way and it could it just be like too like nudge nudge wink wink and yeah. then if you, and if it's too subtle it's not gonna work people are just yeah. gonna be like sitting there like being like well i don't know if i like this i don't know well and that's know. kind of like what i thought was I don't know if we're going to get this to this later in the cast but since we're on the topic of needle drops my favorite of all favorite moments in the whole movie was the use of Matchbox 20s push. Yes. <laughs> that I don't like that song but it is absolutely perfect. It's for what I that think is personally that it is the best use of of diegetic music in a feature film of all time. It's, I think it's, it's so great. Because what she's doing is she she is doing that thing where she's talking about um, she's talking about what's going on in the action that's happening like right, right in the moment in the movie, but she's also putting in subversive messaging that foreshadows what the end of the movie is going to be just by repurposing 
these lyrics from this kind of throwaway kind of shitty song from the 90s. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I love that. And one of the things that, I, that really struck me about that moment, number one, is that I've been a victim of being guitared at. So I, <laughs> so I really. That, that's such a good line, too. I like, no, so yeah, being guitared at. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what this is like. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but also, I what I really appreciated about it is that when you really listen to the words and then you like, I guess Rob Thomas did like an interview about what push is about yeah. because <laughs> people were like, it's kind of weird that it's like a song about like push you to like, is this like a domestic violence thing? And he was like, it was abused, no. wasn't he? Or something like that. Yeah. It was like, he was, he was talking about how he was in a very emotionally manipulative um, relationship when he wrote that. And he was just mm -hmm. going through a lot of like feelings about this relationship ending and him just kind of having all these like pent up feelings about just feeling really emotionally manipulated. What's so cool about the use of that song during that scene is that it's during the scene where the Kens are trying to emotionally manipulate the Barbies into right. yeah. anarchy, but the Barbies are emotionally they manipulating are... the Kens into yep. war. So it's no, like and it's and one of those playing drums. I really appreciate that as a musician. I was like, yes, and he's playing drums and singing unaccompanied. And I, I, again, so subtle, so you subtle. Know what's right? so funny? Yeah. I did a TikTok of like listening to the song, and I'm like. And then, like, so many dudes were messaging me, like, that's not what the song's about. I'm like, I know My God. music. I know what the song Jesus is about. <laughs> but for this case, it does sound a little weird, the lyrics, when you think about it. Imagine guys going on a freaking hill to defend Matchbox 20. I'm just saying. Jesus, exactly. Thank you. Same people that and, and because and because it's in the, the Barbie movie, like, as a, as a joke about, right. you know what I mean? Like, about patriarchy and fucking dudes not... Just like the Snyder Cut joke, right? Yeah. I mean, it's oh the same. It's coming from the you same place. That were so mad about that. I'm like, let it go. And also, too, <laughs> of course they were. Of course this, they were. <laughs> watching Ben Shapiro's review made me realize why he uh, failed as a screenwriter in Hollywood. He has no right, take vision. a drink. He no, doesn't exactly. understand the version, <laughs> and he doesn't understand jokes. And then he gets all mad when we cancel people for not being able to joke about things anymore. I'm like, oh, he just never knew. I'm like, everyone knows the theme to 2001 Space Odyssey. Everyone knows the Godfather. Like, everyone knows yeah. the Wizard of Oz. It's genuinely, it's genuinely psychotic that he threw a bunch of Barbies in the fucking garbage and then had them scream, like, recorded them screaming as he burnt. Like, Someone in the genuinely... chat wrote, he's Sid from Toy Story. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. But I don't, I mean, I don't think any, that any reaction. I don't think any reaction to the Barbie movie is, is interesting in itself whatsoever. Like any of these, you know, reaction videos. I do think it's interesting for this cultural moment where a movie comes out where it's like surprisingly nuanced, right? Like the, yeah, the very end result, nuanced. Sure. The, the yeah. end result of the sub with the Kens isn't like, there's no judgment in the end towards the Kens in the sense of like, these are shitty, you know, toy human beings. Like in the end, it's, it's about self-acceptance and it's about how, you know, depend, like, being codependent in a relationship isn't good. And each of these people's identity has to be, uh, you know, to be human, I guess, like your identity has to be separate from, uh, you know, your partner. You can't define yourself by that. You have to define yourself by your own thing and grow from that. And for like the, the I guess, response to it to be screeching about how a movie is anti-men. 
Well, and that, and that's idiotic, and people honestly, and I firmly believe this, shouldn't even bother responding to that because it's it, all it does is elevate the the, the person bitching. But, but also, let's not to because it's a thing that girls like, so they have I to get, tell yeah. people yeah. how they really feel about what but, girls like. But, these boys but I with, agree with, with their you. I know what girls like. I know. <laughs> but the subplot, the subplot is an unjust system is still an unjust system no matter who's running it, mm-hmm. and that's something that like. God, if, if, if these guys had a, an ounce of integrity or interest in actually starting a discussion, that's a great discussion point. But they don't want to have that discussion. There is actually one conservative who, who did have the whole thing of like, hey, you know, this this uh, Ken, Ken land is, is kind of great. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, it's vision boarding. Like in the wrong way. You get to wear a Rocky coat and watch The Godfather all day. And the fridges are too small, though. We can't live in a utopian society with that small of a fridge. Come on. I, I also, I also like the, the like the. But the that is the B plot, right? It's like self acceptance at the beginning. But the B plot is like, oh no, it wasn't any better when the Kens were running things. It was like still yeah. an unjust system. And, and, but yeah. like. But then they, it, it turns the line back around that, oh, maybe, you know, the, this utopia that people thought of as Barbie land is like, well, it's great if you're a Barbie. The Kens don't even have a place to fucking live. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and the, that's why the joke is like extra. And they're too dumb to care. But, you know, yeah. whatever. The, the joke is the joke is pretty funny at the end where they're asking for a Supreme Court justice. And they're like, right. We can yeah. give you something on like the lower court. On the lower yeah. courts, yeah. Just like how women had to deal with that crap in the real world. No, that's why it's so funny. It's so like and, it's. And then the the narration from Helen Beard is like, well, give it a little bit of time, and you know the Kens yeah. might have as much power as women have in this society. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, yeah. I love Helen Beard. She's the perfect narrator for this movie. Oh yes. Her little quip but, where she's like, I know that Margot Robbie is not the best person to point to. She just literally looks like. Barbie, <laughs> I'm not good enough. I'm makers. not pretty anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> really? So the so one, so one thing to talk about with this, though. I mean, obviously, it's the first uh, movie to. Emo Dragon's very brave for this comment. I was such oh. a Matchbox Twenty stand in seventh grade. Had every song on yourself oh God, or someone so like you memorized. So I'm brave. sorry that I yucked your yum. Um. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> I mean, soft defense to Rob Thomas. He has actually a great sense of humor. Because uh, did you see him on uh, uh, I yeah, Zombie? Yeah, he did. A, he did a concert where he's like, "I want to dedicate this song to Ryan Gosling." Everyone started to go wild because. Stop. He, oh my god, I love <laughs> him. Yeah, that's so funny. No, I no, he seems that. like a nice good dude. Like, like, like legit. You know, we can shit on his uh, music, but, but, like, you know, we're leave. Uh, I've told you all. I've told you about this. I told you. I've told you all about the acronym GGBB, right? Have I told you about this. Uh, good, good, good guys, bad band. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ever hear a band person say GGBB, that's what that means. Is that no, like, oh, no, they're great, but their music is like ear cancer. What's interesting to me, though, about the Kens is that a lot of people are like, the Kens get treated like shit and whatever. I'm like, no, here's the thing. The Ken dolls live for the Barbies. So in a way, <laughs> their plot is more about being an, like individual like being them being codependence right yes finding finding uh self-acceptance and the ability to even like have a sense of self well existentialism which i'm all for because i'm an existentialist (laughs) codependency is not something that uh it's something that transcends gender lines right like Mm -hmm. there are plenty of men in codependent relationships i mean because it's codependent like you can't be a one-sided I mean, well, in this movie, he's a one-sided codependent person, but like the relationship itself, it's a dynamic between two people, which I think comes back to like why this movie really works. There's a non-judgmentalness to it. 
where you know the codependency very much is on uh like both sides like it's not mm-hmm. a, as much as as much as the kens are kind of like these pathetic uh groveling kind of characters who are just you know yes. out to get like a little bit of respect from like you know as an underclass i guess civilization for the first time like the the judgment of it is very much on both sides, I think. Uh, well, Ga- Gosling's can definitely is, but it feels like there's yeah. like what's interesting too is that like it shows the 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 vast dynamic of the different types of Barbies and the different kinds of Kens, right? Like yeah. the, the, like there's different aspects of all of them, and but they all have the same sort of uh, challenges and they all have the same aspirations, things along those lines in general, but it's manifested differently. And that's, again, a very humanistic way of approaching that because there could be a world uh, of for this movie that's just like, it's all Ryan Gosling. Right, mm-hmm. he's he's the same Ken, and there's just a million Ryan Gosling. Best Goslings. supporting actor. He's I mean, yeah, he's awesome. This is yeah. arguably it may be my favorite thing uh, he's done. It might be the best role of his career. I yes, <laughs> yeah. like it's, way better. It's, than all, yeah. it's the most related. I think jealous, uh, jealous kind of drunk Ryan Gosling when he's at the fucking party and he like yeah. like puts the cup over and then joins. The, which this is the funniest day. <laughs> hands it to. to oh, it's the no, funniest but, walk of all time. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like that. Whoop. I think that's the most relatable. Uh, like Ryan Gosling's ever been in, in I any mean, movie. We, we forget <laughs> that he was a Mickey Mouse kid. You know, like you know, Mickey well, Mouse club kid. Yeah. No, I just mean, I just mean, was an entertainer. He's he can treated. Sing and he can dance. He's treated like a fucking. I mean, like in movies, right? Like he's always like the love interest and in, and. In, like a, a but he's also done a lot like, of reference movies, right? He's been the best stuff with NWR, and the whole thing with NWR is like like all his stuff, like the good good and bad. It's usually like vibe, and so like he doesn't like he's getting by on not saying much and yeah. sort of like mm-hmm. presence, right? And then arguably he did the same sort of thing in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I like. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's good, but like he's going for it in this, but like. Great. Even small things when he's like, like, can I come over to your house? And he's like, yes. You know, like real, yeah. like subtle mm-hmm. things like that is like, oh my no, God. you goes and, back and into we, the house and he's like, yeah. let me think about it. And the, apparently he, he improved this line every time where sublime. he just, nobody gets sublime. Like I yeah. just, <laughs> he's really, they used is hilarious. He's really good. I know it's hilarious to be talking about the Barbie movie and like praising the dude. Right. But like, no, he is really honestly he's the standout. He's really great in this. Like credit where credit's due. Like I, we all know Margot Robbie's great. Margot Robbie was great. And, and, and she's great in everything she does. She's yeah. pretty consistent. I mean, I, I can't think of anything she's been in that I didn't like. If, if, if she's in something I didn't like, it wasn't because of her. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, she she still gives me emotions whenever she tells the old woman that she's beautiful. It's an incredible oh, scene. That yeah. was the part where I like they I lost it. I mean, a lot of they wanted women, to cut that scene out. That's it, that. It? Yeah, they wanted to. And Greta was like, "Why? This is like the heart of the movie." They're like, "Oh, yeah. it's unnecessary." Oh my gosh, ball. no! It was so necessary. The flow. So, that was that was the so, point that got me. A lot of people. Will Ferrell really played that role. The end, but like. <laughs> And and the end was very impactful, but oh like God, yeah, that that moment where it was like the first yeah. time that she let herself break from just the the idea of who people want her to be, and then she can yeah. actually like experience her emotions, and she doesn't know what that feels like, and then she's just like met with the wisdom of someone like older than her. <laughs> Is just like I I was like oh that is a very relatable feeling and then for the woman to when she's like you're so beautiful and the woman just say I know I'm like ah icon like it's just such a beautiful poetic 
moment. I, like yeah. the idea that somebody on the show anytime, like, like, you know, please old lady. I don't know what your name <laughs> is come on the show. The, the idea that somebody wanted to cut that is just, I know. Repulsive. And did you guys pay attention to Sasha and her friends? They're named after the Bratz dolls. Bratz dolls. Oh no, oh, kidding! <laughs> and they have the same hair colors as the Bratz. Yeah, dolls. Chloe, oh, that rocks. Sasha, yeah, Jasmine, <laughs> Jade. Look for their yeah. Disney Plus streaming uh, spinoff soon. The, I guess. By the way, uh, so the the CEO right now of Mattel <laughs> that uh, greenlit this movie right is this this guy. I don't even want to. It's, I think his name is Yanan Crates. I, I don't know. He's he's a he's like That's an Israeli. He's like a jack. Yo, fucking... he looks he looks like he was created by AI. What is yeah. up with this dude? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like a, a jack he's guy. Like that that. Brought Check in his fingers. Fucking, <laughs> they brought him from Israel to like run Mattel now, uh, and uh, I uh. guess all of the people under him, like the you know the the characters that would have been like around Will Ferrell yeah. or whatever, like I'm all those guys. I'm a mother. I'm a mother of a son. All those guys got very upset about the script for this movie and they were yeah. like this movie makes us look like shit we're not like that and i guess he had to like rein them in and be like yeah. let us get let us let us give her a, a chance to make this movie and like get out of here. <laughs> it's always good to poke fun at yourself you know like, yeah it's they're so close to getting it you're so yeah. close to I did, getting it. i did definitely like have a moment though where i'm like i cannot believe that mattel's team wrote this when they had the homage to playtime where they have the cubicles that are like all the enclosed little oh. houses, like in the dark so that's a direct like um Jacques Tati reference but yeah. also like it's so like it's just so poetic for like how corporate America really feels and yep. I was like I yeah. can't believe that Mattel would let themselves be seen in that way and yeah. I Okay, I might be wrong, but I think that the lobby, the one where um, Ken, like, recognizes the patriarchy and he's, like, walking through, I believe that those are the CAA headquarters. Yeah. Because I've been in that building before, I think. Well, I, and, love, and I love the look like on his face when he sees the horses. Well, and, yeah. like, yeah, and, and, and the all-timer line of, like, uh, to be honest, I lost interest if I found out it wasn't about horses. <laughs> Same. Amazing. And, and, like, if you think about it, the whole movie's been building up for that. Right, and then yes. it's just like this, just such a matter of fact, like the delivery, and it's like, oh. like he, you know, to, he, he picks keeps... those books, and then he finds the one book about horses, and I'm like, oh yeah. crap. <laughs> well, he, he keeps trying to bring the horses into it, right? Like, there's yeah. the one second where you see his version of Mount Rushmore, and it's all horses, horses. horses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because when he goes to the library, he's like, I'm gonna go to the library and see if any books about cars. I I love if you look at the spine of the books, one of them just says war. Yeah. War. <laughs> oh yeah, the book War. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a great read. What is it good for? Yeah. Uh, By the way, another <laughs> another cameo before I forget. Um, because we talked about Barb and Star, uh, when he runs into yes, the, in, anxiety. Into the thing, I have yeah, it too. The first the first lady he sees is Annie Momolo, who like was the other lady of Barb and Star. Oh, and the yeah. anxious lady on the plane of Bridesmaid. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's a tribute to that movie too. Why, yeah. Why? Yeah. I oh think that's God. the same woman from the plane. <laughs> Um, so this is, I, I wanted to play this, uh, well, you know, horses are just man extenders. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is an interview that, uh, Margaret Robbie did about producing this. Hell so yeah. I, I kind of find it, um, pretty like really cool that like both Greta Gerwig is directing this obviously. And it's the first movie by a female director to gross, you know, a billion dollars, but also Margaret Robbie produced it and she, she went to bat for it big time. Yeah. She was yeah. like, it's going he, to make a billion dollars. And then it did. She hired, uh, <laughs> 
she 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 was the one who ended up hiring Greta Gerwig. Um, yeah. And she wasn't expecting to star in it. Because she's at her own production right? company with her Which, husband. She's like the only person that could star in this. By yeah. Yes. But the, the Amy Schumer version would have fucking sucked. I don't want to see mm-hmm. it. No. <laughs> Not the Amy Schumer one. Peace no. and love. Peace and love. Margot, I'll start with you because this is your project. You started this. Now, when you went to see The Toymaker in 2018, so it's a few years ago, what was driving you then? I thought it was a big and exciting opportunity. The word Barbie is just already globally recognized. It's like putting the shrimps on. And people feel really strongly about Barbie. (laughs) Some people love Barbie. Um, Some people have a lot of problems with Barbie, but everyone has an associated memory with Barbie, whether they kind of felt ambivalent or indifferent about her, they still remember her. Mm. She was always, she was kind of omnipresent, I think, Mm. in nearly everyone's childhood. And that's just kind of an interesting place to start off with an audience. And what about that? Um, love, hate, makes people angry, makes people love. Was that in your mind at the beginning or was it just that it was such a powerful global image? It just felt like we could ignite something with it. It just felt like it, it It seems like over the last 64 years, it hasn't taken much for Barbie to ignite conversation or sometimes, you know, revolutions or protests you know it's very I don't know there's something something about Barbie that just always kind of blows things up and I just thought Comrade that would be, Barbie. we could do something yeah. exciting with it if we paired it with the right person the big thing is the fact that you're both here and the thing was about the choice who was going to write it in the first instance because you weren't the director at first were you no um so why did you choose Greta Gerwig? Well, I really Ooh. wanted to work with Greta. Love her as well. Why a... did you choose me? Because <laughs> I love you and you know. <laughs> um, no, I, I had seen, when as soon as I saw Lady Bird, I think I tried to get a meeting with Greta. Um, I really wanted to work with her. I was trying to find a project to do with her. So we met and we talked and I was prepared to be intimidated by this smart indie director. Um, you know, I'd seen the movies that she's acted in all very like cool, quirky, highbrow. I just thought, I'm just, just like, I hope she doesn't think I'm, you know, not cool. Um, but as soon as we spoke, I was like, my God, I feel like we're best friends. She's so warm and inviting and very smart without making you feel stupid and very funny without making you feel boring and charming and enthusiastic and all these things that I thought, that's just someone I want to be around. Anyways, other projects didn't work out. She went on, you know, she was prepping Little Women, went on to do that. Another movie that I absolutely adore just kind of reinforced my belief that she is one of the great directors of our generation. What is it about her? What is it then about her writing skill that you wanted to bring into Barbie? I think it's very evident in her work that she can't, you know, that she's very, very intelligent. That comes across in her. I'm so sorry, we're still. No, I'm like, this is very strange. I apologize. Okay, just, just seem that. No, carry on. No, no, no. (laughs) She's very intelligent. You can feel that in how her scripts and stories and characters are constructed and how they kind of come at you and it still feels real. It doesn't feel heady, but you can tell there's a lot of thought behind it. And there's a lot of heart, most importantly. And the humor is there and the humor lands. And that's already like, that's a hat trick that's hard to pull off already but for me she just does that just so exquisitely and then on top of that it's constructed in a well-made film like it's just you can tell that everything had intention behind it and and it's just it's just a real film you know it's a real filmmaker making the choices that great filmmakers choose and I, I getting to know Greta know how much she 
respects and honors the legacy of film that's come before her mm. and filmmaking techniques in particular. Yes. But at the same time, you can speak to her for five minutes and know that she just has her finger on the pulse of where society is at today. And that's exactly what we needed for Barbie, someone who would be able to honor the legacy and also have a culturally relevant conversation so with where we're at today. Yep. Love that. I think that's so, so spot on. Also, I really love that she was, when she was, I, that was so funny that she was talking about Greta in front of Greta and she, and, Gre and then Greta just being like, just like, like it's yeah. so cute but getting mad props yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i really but i really love that both of them really like are looking at this project as like a very layered opportunity to speak to the experiences of not just all women but like all men as well you know in, in from all the kens to the one alan and um <laughs> by the way we have to have a whole discussion about alan i love i alan. would i would love yeah. to i love alan yeah, right. alan has become the non-binary uh spokesperson oh he uh, is film, and that is fantastic mm -hmm. he is no, um, you know what's so funny so so my spouse is my spouse is non-binary and um from the very first day that we dated i was like why do they remind me of Michael Sarah in like every movie that Michael Sarah's ever played? <laughs> and then when we went to go see Barbie together, Mac turns to me and just goes, Oh my God, I'm Alan. And I was like, Yeah, because you're always Michael Sarah. Always. <laughs> I, I I also love I love the line um when they're like in the Kendom or whatever. And uh, they're all like, "We're gonna give, we're gonna give uh, foot massages or whatever, like massages to the to the Kens. We love that." And Alan's like, "No, we don't." <laughs> <laughs> well, also too, there's Midge. Uh, the history of Midge is that she was Barbie's friend who ended up being pregnant and married to Alan. Right, right. She's the married to Alan. Can we? Yeah. Can, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. For real? Yes. Oh. She she wow. got discontinued because her pregnant stomach was you can. Well, that I knew. That I knew, and you I want you can detach it and put it in, and so it got t it, it got removed because a lot of people said it encourages deep pregnancy. And I'm like, where do you think little kids think babies come out? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's the thing. Really? Yeah, it wasn't encouraging yeah. any of that crap. You really think we weren't doing 69s? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was Midge. Midge did it. Part of Barbie was that the Barbies never scissored. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we, we can... all did it. We all also, made it happen. <laughs> like, side note, we, Emma Mackey, who's known for, what is it, that's so sex education on Netflix, she uh -huh. is another Not to me, Robbie doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. And, but she, her hair was brown. She's a, she's more of a brunette now. And they were going to have a joke about how they look alike. I'm like, imagine if we had Margot Robbie, Samara Weaving, and Emma Mackey in the same movie. Do you know how many Barbie jokes about them looking alike? Oh my gosh, no, they, they are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta say though, the one thing I do actually really appreciate is the fact, you know, as a storytelling element, how unique each character looked. Yeah. Uh, so, so like the yeah. kids were so easily identifiable as to which Ken it was. Even though they don't look anything like each other, right? Yeah, yeah like right. absolutely, yeah. like they're, they're like, they, exactly. And, and like Alan, like, Again, the Michael Sarah-ness of it all, I suppose, is the best way to put it. But, like, yeah. like looks different. That. And then, so, I, I, I think we should carve out a little time in the show to talk about 
uh, not just Weird Barbie, but the whole like Weird Barbie extended universe reality show apparently oh that's going God. on because like that house is like like and I was sitting there uh, I was laughing at the dog and like the the the, the plastic poop, poop. And, Lin- <laughs> and and Lindsay's like. That's real. I had one. Yeah, of no, they're, they're, yeah, and I was like, I, "What?" I, I, oh, I remember oh, seen yes. that. Like, I remember. Rose I remember as a kid, I saw that in somebody's. Yeah, I remember the one with the earring. I remember the yeah. one with the earring, and yeah. I remember the daddy. And it, I had sugar one. daddy. Yeah, sugar. He's sugar's daddy. Sugar, sugar's daddy. Yeah. No, he's sugar's daddy. What's interesting <laughs> about like the skipper one, which I'm amazed. It's like an Andy joke. Sorry. Andy, like skipper is technically Barbie's sister, and there was this mm-hmm. one doll called Grown Up Skipper that came out like in '75, and he just twists her arm back, and then her boobs get big. Her boobs get bigger. And it was supposed also, to be like a like a gave me very <laughs> unrealistic expectations as a child. So they discontinued. They're like, it's encouraging breasts, and I'm like, what else? It, it made for breasts? it made for a very confusing puberty. Anyway. Yes. So I. I, uh, I didn't I didn't have like cable TV as a kid. I'm you know one of those people just you know don't I don't watch much TV. No, but I, so I didn't I don't have cable TV as a uh, as a kid. So going to people's houses right it was like a big deal. And I I remember the the Barbie with the uh, with the video in, like the the TV in the back. Yeah, of her. yes. I remember I remember on uh, on Nickelodeon they would try to advertise that all the time because they were trying to advertise all this like small camera technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's like, that is? No one's. Yeah. No one. Yeah, like, but like the self awareness, right? Of, of of like, I have a TV in my back. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. like what? That's freaking crazy like, like you would want like, that just the way that they talked about midge where they're like we just continued her it was weird yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just so interesting how those those barbies are different the ones that are discontinued are different from all the, mm-hmm. well, it, the pretty barbies in barbie land <laughs> well and they have and they're all in like in kate mckinnon's weird barbie's house like yeah. and again mm-hmm. where's that reality show like Weird i would love to see way, more of that weird barbie gets a, gets a house for all of her friends but none of the kens have houses like yeah yet she like <laughs> very clearly like yeah very very clearly has has a greater understanding of uh, of uh, the ways of uh, yeah. uh, sexual proclivities than like any ken Yes. And also, I, I feel like which I'm into, when, by the way. When she's, when she's like, I'd love to see that nude love. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> amazing line. But children, but children so funny. Like, oh, I'm like, you really think that the children don't undress the bar? Of course they do. It's so funny. We've got also, a, we a few people go on record on this show. So insane now. <laughs> Also, it would not be a uh, Lauren Schwenard guest hosting on Movie Night Extravaganza with me talking about queer stuff yes. and how queer coded this movie really is mm-hmm. from just the fact that Kate McKinnon is in it to the yeah. fact that there's like a whole separate house of like weird Barbies that don't feel like they fit in with all of the other Barbies who are placed with Kens. Like these are just a bunch of single lady and they were roommates, Barbies, all just hanging out with each other. Oh, yeah. And uh, every night's girls' night. Hey. Every night's and girls sugar's, night. And sugar's daddy. And sugar's daddy. And yeah, exactly. Daddy. No, no. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the gay house. It's oh, the gay my. hype house. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, <laughs> there Wolf. was like a people kept saying there was almost like a lesbian undertone between like Margot Robbie's Barbie in America for I, I thought that. Okay, so from the trailers that I saw. From this, from the moment I heard the indigo, the indigo girls indigo needle girls. drop, and then the the heel versus the Birkenstock, and then the like the gaze between Margot and America, I was like, Barbie's gonna be a lesbian. This is a lesbian movie, and I got really excited. And uh, um, and it wasn't quite that, but it wasn't quite not that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Are you shining with a Barbie right now? It's an infatuation, right? Like it's a. Uh, mm-hmm. um, she looks up to Barbie. That's like it's almost like right. that's her muse, and I think that's yeah. something that probably. I mean, Greta Gerwig could probably you know definitely understand yeah. uh, intrinsically because she's been the muse of like half of the mumblecore true, true. directors and, out there. And I feel like that's just female friendships. And when Ger- like when right, you look at right. Greta Gerwig's yeah. whole extended thing of of you know, there's a thing about like Francis Ha. I like that they aren't yeah. explicitly lovers, right? Like yeah. that, 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 like they're just no, they're just very close. And yeah. like they're, they they like, don't have sex, know, but they have every other thing you would expect to have in a relationship. Yeah. There well it's so a breakup many... it's a breakup movie for platonic friends that are yeah platonic but you know <laughs> what platonic friend? girlfriend breakups way worse than romantic breakups mm, with men 100 percent. and i think that like also think... she left over patchy by the way i mean that's that that's <laughs> fuck that like that, that guy fucking fuck sucks that. But, like, <laughs> but one of the things that i really appreciate about greta is the is the level of intimacy that she really like that it just feels so lived in in all yes. of her films that just you be- you believe that these women it's like okay if you want to if you want to talk about it as a queer coded thing sure but you know what else is queer coded female friendships in general women yes. do lots of like very non-sexual intimate things with each other all the time and that's the thing we all did that with our barbies we had like an intimate relationship understanding things about our bodies and our relationships to other women with our dolls so it's like the interpersonal relationships between two speaking living women and the relationship between women and their their possessions that represent womanhood and female friendship they all just feel really cohesive and lived in which is something that greta just does so well through all of her films well and also so there's if the you want to read it well as said. Good as they can but it's also just like that's just being a woman. That's just the female experience. No, well said. And there's, in the same way that Martin McDonough, like, you know, Banshees of Inishira, it's one of the best movies about male friendship in, in, yes, the, in the past few agreed. years. Like, this is... R.I.P. Jenny. Yeah. He's a legend. The relationship, the relationship between America Ferreira and her daughter, too, right? Like, Oh, yeah, totally. She's, um, she's just going I think there's a, a very... Um, that there's, there's, these, there's these boundaries that get uh you know as a as a young girl becomes like a, a preteen or like a teenager that kind of flow into like you know someone's your mom but they're your friends mm-hmm. and they want to spend more time with you you're pulling away to spend more time with somebody your own age that kind mm-hmm. of breaks their heart they understand that but it's so anything bad. they do is lame definitely yeah. like by <laughs> like no matter yeah. what they're doing as a lame. parent of two teenagers i i uh you know, <laughs> i was gonna say okay. <laughs> andy knows <laughs> and, and that's the thing too that's so interesting is that so the one thing that i will say about barbie that i wish could have been improved on is showing more depth into why there is a strain between sasha and her mom but then again yeah. i think it's just the answer is just She's a teenager and she's she's trying a to teenager and, and and they live in a world where she yeah. you know like they, they yeah. clearly don't have a uh, a high role in lifestyle. I but love. Also really she's also managed to carve out like a that husband movie. is pretty much just becoming like bilingual and that's his entire identity. You know, <laughs> yeah. like and uh, he, he also looks you like know? a he looks like a, any generic podcaster. Like you can put <laughs> you can put that guy like him on a podcast. He's like yeah yeah. yeah. If it's like an Onion article or something, on- you'd have that yeah. dude. <laughs> Onion article, um, but <laughs> no, I mean, he's it also is like seems local like, husband starts podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's uh, like too real. There's like, uh, 
I've been doing mine for ten years, by the way. I did she's for- also she's also um she's Wait like managed to like Sasha's managed to like carve out a space, right? As like the head mean girl at a table. Right. And she girl. has an arc. She has you an arc even oh, talk to Sasha. Sasha <laughs> talks to you. Well, like <laughs> and, and like so let's go back to Escape from New York, right? You hear all about Snake Pliskin for a long time and you're like oh snake plissken oh everyone it's like why why is everyone talking about this so like you get that in like a digest size version of, of like it tells you what you need to know about the character without being like cool here's 20 minutes it shows like how she came to be who she was and you know who and else had an arc what? noah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting but, but it's awesome because like she actually does have some growth like it's sort of like oh my mom isn't like the literally the She's worst weird, person in the world just like me yeah and and and, and then then it, the best epiphany though for me is, is that when she's like well you know you're you're not being true to yourself and and then like when she starts being true to herself then she respects that and then and like they start engaging in a different way with their relationship mm-hmm. which is like good if, if that isn't an allegory for like how folks ought to you know yeah. react to each other and, and support she realizes each other. her mom is, is. Is, is badass right like her mom is yeah. somebody worthy of respect her mom is not just this uh you know stereotypical kind of um you know uh, i guess kind of neurotic five. neurotic <laughs> and uh figure that's constantly reaching out and needing her daughter as a friend and like support unit as well as like uh you know as well as a daughter like she's she realizes yeah. that her mother is someone who's had her own life experiences, who's whatever story she had about uh, the guy that she dated or whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, that yeah. was definitely your father. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's this moment, I think, I mean, it's a perfect. Oh, yeah. It, it's, a really good, it's a really good kind of coming of age uh, moment, I think, when she begins to respect her mom, yeah. which is something that I think Greta Gerwig does very well. I also think it's kind of fascinating that Greta Gerwig's mom uh, didn't like Barbie. And if you watch Frances Ha, when she goes to or Lady Bird too, because Lady Bird is is like a lot of that is is taken from her personal experiences yeah. growing up in Sacramento. Well, right? but when so. when she lands in Sacramento in uh in Francis Hall, it's her actual parents, yeah, right? It's her yeah, actual parents that are so yeah. you get to see a little bit of their life and her her mom's like this. I mean, she calls her like a child of the '60s, but like she doesn't seem like she's full blown hippie hippie dippy or but like she yeah. she does have that vibe. And so she had a whole back and forth with her mom about, you know, um, wanting a Barbie. And the mom was like, you know, Barbie is responsible for all the body images. And this is like, you know, we're, we're liberated now. And like, this is a reductive form of, you know, toy. Mm-hmm. So for that, for that, for this movie to kind of take that and put it on like a macro scale uh, with our world kind of being her mom's world, really, like, you know what I mean? Like her, her mom's uh, understanding, I guess, of, of, of Barbie, but like also putting it into like this, um, I guess more politically correct, like Gen Z kind of thing, where it's mm-hmm. it's it's not like the mom being like Barbies are bad. Like the mom works in Mattel and actually is you know infatuated with the Barbies and, and drawing yeah. shots she has- of death Barbie, <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> which just shout out to whoever did the art on that uh, that moment. Because, I was gonna like, say, dark, as an artist, you can the dark outlining it. of her pink uh, outfit. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, the, the the use of like that strong bold because that's just like done with one line, and I love that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of harkens back also to a bit of the um, romance comics of the seventies. Uh, uh, oh, you know, oh, sure, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, which which also borrow a bit from from uh, you know like fashion uh, croquis illustrations, uh, which which uh, yeah. is the proper term for that. 
Um, you know, you know what's interesting is my mom kept at, like because she wants to see it. Like when it, it's gonna be on Max, like September fifth. My mom was like, uh-huh. "Was the camper in the movie? Was the Jeep in the movie? Was yeah. this in the movie?" I'm like, was, "Actually, yeah. house, <laughs> yeah, they so were." I'm like, yes. <laughs> actually, stuff, I'm like yeah. "Mom, literally everything you, everything that because my, my sister was the Barbie girl on the block, uh-huh. and even my male cousins would come and play their kids, their daughters." Have all my sister's old Barbies. I'm like, those are gonna be our. Yo, get the fuck day. out of here, Bratz girl. This is the Barbie block. <laughs> yes, <seriously>. but how <laughs> great is it that everything. it's in that like that that whole like how they get to the real world? <laughs> Let's go to. Oh my god, guys. How, that that sequence. Like, how great is it that that's where they put the vehicles in yeah. too? Right where it's like because yeah. it's like it isn't like okay here's the, like the scene where they have to you know they do this one. No, no, no it's literally like this is how we get to the real world and back. And then like yeah. oh no you do. And Universe. how great is it? Same thing, but in reverse. <laughs> Guys, also, you gotta also, go to Venice Beach. Time... That's how we get to Barbie Land. I just remember that they landed. Right. The... You gotta go with the Venice so Beach. Amazing. So time, amazing. Every time, every single time they go through that <laughs> sequence, too. There's this Tame Impala song that they wrote for this. Yes. That plays. Oh, I love that song. That's such I a love good... when Ken goes back. He's like on the boat, and he's like, <clears throat> like from throwing up. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and he's like, he's like trying to ride the bicycle. It, it, like on, on the way out there, he's trailing, and the spaceship yeah. one, he's like hanging yeah. on with the astronaut. That yeah, really, like, really takes you through what their relationship dynamics are, and this movie yeah. does that really well on on multiple occasions, right? Like them on the way there with him kind yeah. of just trailing on the back and. Uh, just kind of unable, like cycling. They're like working in tandem, but like not really. Like, it, it does a really good job showing you the the discordant uh, nature of their relationship. Right. And then uh, another time when they're in the car, and it's um when she's like when you first see the the thing, you think it's Sasha's memories or whatever, and then you realize like no, it's the mother's memories. It takes you through like why why their relationship kind of fell apart, and it's literally just normal. You know, daughter Seriously. pulling away from mother's stuff. Yeah, it's it's. There's no great inciting incident. There's no like grand epiphany as to like you know, well, this horrible thing happened. There's no trauma. It's literally just a mother daughter relationship. And there's just generation <laughs> gaps that are like th- that there's are all- inherent. And the yes. thing that I like about Sasha is um, her her little monologue oh, at the exactly. table. Where Great mother daughter epiphanies. Exactly. <laughs> yes, true. I but when she's sitting at the table and she's and she calls Barbie a fascist and she goes off about like <laughs> you represent all of this that's wrong blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's so Gen Z. Because the thing about Gen Z, they're so smart. They're so smart, but they're not always the most nuanced. Like no, no Gen not. Zs come for me in the chat. I have a lot of friends who are Gen Z, and one of the things that I really notice about them is that they are the most intelligent, most like access to information generation, but sometimes they can lack the nuance of like, okay, maybe those things are true, but maybe we also still like things. And that's also, kind of right. where also, her mom's uh, taking from overused, it. And that's where the rift kind of, you know, they also overuse the term fascist a lot. Like, <laughs> well, well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 <laughs> Exactly. That's such a good. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't control the railways. Yeah, focus. Great joke. That's a great joke. I'm a fascist. I don't control the railways or the flow of commerce. Yeah. No, it's say, so good. Say, say what you want. I about lost my Ken. ass off. Say what you want about Ken, but in the Kendom, the trains always ran on time. That's all. <laughs> no, like, and it's so. It's so subtle that like it doesn't feel the need to be like, well, actually, you know, that's a quote that, uh, you know, Mussolini. But no, no, it doesn't. No, no, you don't need yeah. to do any of that. No. And like it doesn't. And it's there if you're interested don't in take it. it too seriously. And, and like it's even. Yeah. And so, Christina, on that point, like the fact that Barbie like knows to say that 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how she knows yeah. to say that. Who cares? It's a funny line. It's yeah. funny. Well, so and, and also, awesome. uh, why does Groucho Marx say self-aware stuff that acknowledges that the, that the audience exists? Because the, it's fucking funny. That's the why. Mattel, the Mattel <laughs> brand uh, comes out of kind of profit-seeking, but uh, Ruth Handler and her husband during World War II yeah. Um, kind of being able to make like they were one of the factories that were able to make like the spare parts for all the um like for army surplus and stuff like that and then that's how they ended up going like she ended up going to germany and then finding that doll so it's kind of uh it, it's funny that intrinsically right like she knows that that's the definition of fascist because there are also like the german origins of barbie as like a cultural figure which like mm-hmm. i mean I, you, you I, don't I, need to know any of that to like get the but like it's kind of a funny uh that like thinking about that well and uh that's something again I'm, and i've mentioned eileen jones article i'll actually throw it in the chat so people can check it out on jacobin uh and which the, the headline or is it's complicated uh, and controversial history no they, they just that it's it's kind of amazing oreo barbies one white and one black yeah, yeah. but the original the, the, so the original barbie uh it was as um yeah so she, she tells she talks about this um in that article it's really good it's a, a can build. we talk about um when can i Ken... can i get through this bit is that a thing i could do or no <laughs> uh whatever i'll put in the, i'll put the link in the chat fine it's fine go ahead oh can we talk about how they made a made a joke about like ken taking over and every and it reflects what's happening in the real world where the mojo dojo castle houses you know are selling out Ken the movie is already a blockbuster hit, yet it hasn't been filmed yet. Ken tattoos. And I'm like, this is what happens when you bring dolls into the real world. <laughs> True. Also, um, someone said something, like someone tweeted that they were like, Mojo Dojo Casa houses exist. It's called Las Vegas. And I was like, <laughs> it's true. Las Vegas is a giant Mojo Dojo Casa house. Yes. They want you to stay there in the hotels for as long as possible. <laughs> well they also reference like century city throughout the um that whole bit he's like it's just like century city in fucking los angeles like where the caa headquarters are where they filmed which looks like the death star it straight yeah. up looks it really like does I, I saw i saw it earlier this month when i was in when i was recording i was like the, the dichotomy of that and the people like striking too like was like pretty astounding wild but, yeah uh, no, this is this is a good, this is a real good article, and, and if people listen to this show, I would hope that they uh, read Eileen Jones' uh, column and Jackman, because even mm-hmm. even when we don't agree, yeah, she's a great read, and she's very uh, very thoughtful. What actually? You know, and and honestly, ninety percent of the time, me at least, me and her agree. So there you go. Take that what you want. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, maybe it's not so much about Slobbenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Oppenheimer, we do not agree on, but like, yeah, like I, I don't want to yeah. get in, get into all of it. Like, there's, but like, that's for the, the most other part. Episode. She's yeah. a good, exactly. She's a really good uh, canary in the coal mine for me because she has to do all this stuff for Jacobin. So like, she wants something like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm like, great, I'm gonna skip it. And, and she's also a good writer too. So like, she's know, great. You're not, yeah, you're not missing. You know, you're not wasting time reading her stuff. You know, yeah. You, Again, even if I do, there's few people that like for film criticism that even if I like don't agree with them at all, I enjoy reading what they have. Like Matthew Film Guy? (laughs) I'll always read what he is. And then I'll, if it's it's Letterboxd, I will go at him at the comments like I did with him in The Handmaiden (laughs) because he was objectively wrong on that shit. Yeah, thank you. I I, I do think it's interesting though. (laughs) Love you, Matthew, but you're wrong. Yeah, peace and love, peace and love. On the Oppenheimer (laughs) front, uh, somebody must have disagreed with with, um, 
her review enough that they uh, they wrote a second one. So there's like a second Oppenheimer Jacobin review. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, and her Boring critique is, is it's less to do with the movie itself, but like with the great man biopic, which I agree is an overdone, mm-hmm. tired concept. And I like it in spite of the great man. And I like it because, of you know, we can talk about the scene Oppenheimer episode, but like. I like it because of the physics representation. You know, there's a lot of things that, that that I like about it, but like, I think all our critiques are dead on. And like, there's an issue of films, uh, an issue uh, episode what? of Film Suck, where her they go on about it, and it's all, it's all you know. I get it. I still enjoyed it a lot, but like, I get where the bitches are. You know. What are mm-hmm. your guys? What are your favorite like Barbie memes or even Barbenheimer memes? Oh my God. I think you're the meme expert in this. In this one <laughs> is where you know the one poster, the meme Smith, if you will, Barbie on her on his shoulder, and she's like, "I like they make they made one of Killian Murphy holding Margot Robbie up like on his shoulder," and I'm like, "That is a perfect representation of this phenomenon." And there's <laughs> a lot of artwork, a lot of people. I feel like you know they're really trying to push the Saw Patrol on us, but I'm like, no, that's not. No, that's no, a cool thing. Nobody's yeah. looking for that. No, no one, one is looking for that. There we go. That's what I was going to tell you. This Barbie is a meme goddess. goddess. <laughs> Real. That's, that's you, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also funny that... Uh, that's fine. Like, People didn't come here to read for us. We can take this off the screen. All right. that's, uh, it, well, it's, a, it's a good article. I, trust I, me. I, I, ain't, I ain't come here to read. I ain't come uh, here to read. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But you caught me reading, so. though. <laughs> it, it's kind of, it's fascinating, oh, though, like a couple weeks before... Um, before this this phenomenon kind of uh, hit us like a fucking meteor, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the new yeah. Mission Impossible came out, and like, yeah. oh, did it? By, I didn't like, notice. By all, yeah, a week before. But like, but like, but like, by all, like, like you know, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Like, I haven't seen it, but it has like. Can I tell you? I've never seen any of those movies. Me yeah. too. Well, I don't. Should I? Movies. I don't know. I've seen all like, of them, but I couldn't tell you what any of them are about. See, I that's what I feel. Them. I feel like it's Velveeta, right? Like yeah. you're gonna forget about it the second you're done watching it. It's I like it was it's pretty funny, cool though, how Tom Cruise went off uh, a ramp and like skydived uh, off of a mountain, yeah, uh, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, okay, he did that." And then I but if I want to see old dudes doing dangerous stunts, I yeah, want jackass. You know, Tom Cruise yeah, tried right? to do a suicide really attempt <laughs> on film. Is that really what it is? Uh, yeah. I always, I always felt like I always, Bond film. yeah, I always felt like it's just that America <laughs> couldn't accept that we had like James Bond was British. So we yeah. like had to make our own like American James Bond spinoff, yeah. which pisses me off because I like the original Mission Impossible and I like the fact that it was a team, not an individual, but mm-hmm. a, team, a TV show. You know, yeah. working together to to uh, to do it, and they they they've completely uh, taken that away, and the team just is absolutely superfluous. Like they oh like like yeah. their teamwork is like oh look I brought a briefcase oh. <laughs> Is it, I can't uh, even tell is you it like, uh, like who he is. I've seen all of the movies. I don't know his name. Well, I that's it. But it doesn't matter, it, right? So. so this is why I never watched literally even one of these movies because I w- yeah. that's what I expected it to be, and I hate to be cynical about this, yeah. but it sounds yeah. like that's and what Tom, it is. Tom Cruise was mad though. He's like, my film is gonna be released the week before Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also Tom Cruise is somebody's like if anyone's going to the cinema, I call it a win, which I do appreciate from him. I mean, like Scientology aside, he really does that. want right. to keep <laughs> the cinema alive. Yes, and um, and I think that he is a really big advocate. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Really the the, the twenty twenty three chose go to the that. cinema cheerleader Tom Cruise is certainly my favorite uh, of his uh, arc. But yeah, it's I mean, better than the yelling at everyone or the jumping on couches or the. 
And uh, like, I, I know we we agreed not to discuss this during Oscar season. I watched Maverick. It was fine. The planes went zoom. You know, whatever. It, it has no business, no business whatsoever being best picture nominated. No. Which None. is why a lot of people are predicting that Barbie won't be nominated for best picture because there's a blockbuster of like, so was Top Gun Maverick in yeah. Avatar. They're doing so my, they're doing blockbusters all the time now. They almost had their own category for popular film. They want to shoehorn it in. They they tried to make the movie about blockbuster a blockbuster. Didn't work. Hmm. Wait, really? well, so so my so what I was trying to say <laughs> is what I was trying to say though is like it, it's funny it's it's really funny to me that uh well in the being a streaming Nolan, series it's not good apparently Christopher Nolan at first was kind of pissed off because I guess the the Barbenheimer thing was kind of a dig at him because he was having problems with uh, Warner Brothers and like a contract that is whatever so he was kind of pissed off that they decided that Barbie should be released the same day as Oppenheimer like to fuck with him I guess I mean it helped both movies out look look yes. look. Yeah. I but say this I say is, this with wait, so can I can I so yeah go ahead it's it's funny to me though that the other movie that came out a week before like Mission Impossible right like they're they're it's getting like these stellar reviews of like all this stuff that is like that they're like you know this franchise should continue like th- this is like breathes new people fresh seem air to really it. like it yeah or, like yeah. yeah but then nobody paid attention to it because it was fucking crushed within a week under the yes. weight of Barbenheimer. <laughs> it got beat out by Sound of Freedom. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get away from that topic immediately. So I just say that Sound of Freedom at all. Chris Nolan, <laughs> and I say they're, this: they're with, breaking all the all the air conditioners in the movie theaters. They don't want you to see it. <laughs> Chris Nolan, I say this with peace and love in my heart. Needs to lighten the fuck up. I think I think Killian Murphy and, and like the cast he's awesome. I like the movie, but like that like look at Margot Robbie and Greta Gerberg like buying tickets for Oppenheimer and like you know yeah. like getting into the spirit of like hey we're getting excited about movies and that can't and be. Killian Murphy was like I'm gonna see Barbie 100. percent I can't wait to see it and I'm yeah. like see Christopher Nolan like your cast is like ready to do the Barbenheimer thing. He's so he's so super serious about. Right. everything and always has been and yeah. so i i don't i expect nothing less from him to be that way this yeah. is the man who has his own private movie theater at imax to show his movies like he's <laughs> to very, be fair that sounds super sick no it's i've been in it my friend used to work for imax and i've been inside of it and i watched dark knight on christopher nolan's copy at his private theater at IMAX headquarters. He's I'm never going to get invited to do that because I'm talking trash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to say, But it was such an amazing, like, I mean, Oppenheimer was such an amazing feat. And of course, he's like very proud of it and he would sure. take it very seriously. He takes everything super seriously. Serious. Serious. He does need yeah. to lighten up. Yes. Because the thing Have is, that what made Barbie so successful and so great is that it wasn't like, a big old prestige thing. It was just it was like, camp. it's just like, come on, wear some pink, show up in line, say hi, Barbie, to every girl. That's a, it was the closest we've had to. Oh, I did that every time. It's just well, and that's that's what's that's what's calling, so- being okay again. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Well, and that's if people were doing it in the chat. That's great. Oh that's my gosh, awesome. Me, you know, can I tell you something really embarrassing that happened to me? So, so oh. for the whole like couple days leading up to. Uh, so Barbie, you know, everyone's walking around wearing like the the pink and the merch or whatever. So you see yeah. a girl and you're like, oh my God, hi, Barbie. And then they usually are just like, see, thank you. And it was yeah. so cute. Um, and I did that like all weekend. But then, oh, I did it to a group of these two teenagers, like literally like 14 year olds and uh-huh. like who were passing by me and I liked their fit. So I was yeah. just like, oh my God, hi, Barbie. And they laughed 
at me, not with oh. me. And we were like, we were literally like, and I was like, okay, well, I want to kill myself. Um, right, but, right, yeah. But <laughs> Talk about not getting the spirit of the movie. Well, I that's mean, the thing is that they were going maybe they into did get Barbie, the and I was movie. like, those that's women will Sasha be different when shit. they leave the theater, and they will say <laughs> hi, Barbie, to me. That's and they point. will recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm all about. Yeah, but, I mean, look, if they had turned around and laughed at her and then called her a fascist, it would have been even more in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I would have enjoyed that, too. Um, <laughs> can we talk about the fact, like, the, you know, with the brainwashing <laughs> of the Barbies and the submissive, misogynistic, like, you know, what they're all about <laughs> now that, that the Kens brainwashed them. I like the idea that Barbie did not, like stereotypical, like Margot's Barbie did not get brainwashed, and she's like, "Well, because my exposure to the real world made me immune to it." And I'm like, "There you have it. That's why Barbies and Kens and any dolls can." I love that they also talked about Skipper. The like we had an right. incident with the Skipper, Skipper incident, as they talk about. Yes. Yeah. Well, they also, I mean, they also wrote it, which I would movie. watch the Skipper incident. That sounds like yes. some Andy shit for sure. Yes. But I would watch the Skipper incident. They they wrote the script during the COVID pandemic. Yeah. So for like the the layer underneath it, right, to be like uh, patriarchy is like almost this virus that you know it, yes. it infects yes. them because they have no natural immune system. They made system. a smallpox uh, yeah. comment too. That is a really good point. I never thought of that yeah. before. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I kind of just thought of that as you guys were saying. Oh, no, so this is like... uh, oh yeah, so this is them continuing this interview. I wanted to get to. Oh, this is forward. the same one from right. Okay, awesome. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is them talking about, and I'll I'll probably stop before. I mean, I cut like a six minute thing, so I'll probably stop before that. It's but fine. this is them talking about. Uh, I feel like we could do this. We talk about this movie for like three hours and still not get to all of it personally. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, but I've yeah. also seen it we twice. Probably, now, we should probably so. also cut the stream in half and then do half of it in the after party and half of it. Uh, True. You know our our discourse in the in the main show. We'll we'll, we'll save all skipper incident discussion for the after party. <laughs> <laughs> Call the after party the skipper incident. <laughs> discredit what they no. were worried about it was just that it's like okay we need to hear you out we understand that now let's keep moving forward with prepping this film whilst also talking about the thing that's scary but at the same time we have to keep prepping this film and then everyone eventually gets a little you know like desensitized to all those scary things and and also I think the thing that we knew that like was also at the core of it was not just like vis-a-vis -vis other brand is but just the the story and the characters was mm -hmm. that like I I knew I knew and Margot knew and all the actors knew that what we wanted at the center of it was um, just a really big heart mm -hmm. and that that part of it was so important for me that however anarchic or crazy or throwing elbows the movie was that that the thing that you walk away with was this feeling of this heart in the middle of it and I thought I was like well. I'm not lying to them. That's true. Yeah. And so that 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 I can tell, I can look them in the eye and say, this might, you might not love this or that, but I'm telling you, like, this movie has only love for people um, because it did. Mm. Um, and that's another hard thing. I think when you read something in text form, mm. it's easier to assume the worst version Stop. of that. Mm. It's like if you read What's a text it? and someone didn't put any emojis in it, you're like, are they mad at me? I don't know. <laughs> and like, if I got to voice know that to you, you could hear my voice and I'm saying it like I'm happy, like this. you know. Yeah. Um, but like yeah. sometimes when you're reading a script, I think it's easy to be like, oh, this is all very. Yes. But we were like, none of this is going to feel mean spirited. Like we are poking fun at ourselves. Like. Mattel's a character and Mattel's going to poke fun at itself. Like 
we're going to be self-aware and that is the access point. Um, so but when we deliver that, it is going to be delivered from a place <laughs> of love. And the overall feeling is is to kind of deliver an uplifting experience. So it's people. interesting that they we in the little that, you know, was able to be understood about the film in advance, clearly Mattel still talk about it in slightly different terms to you two. Mm -hmm. But somehow, you know, they don't like to call it a feminist film. Mm. The actors seem very comfortable with talking about it as a feminist film. Yeah. But somehow it doesn't matter that you talk about it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it most certainly is a feminist film. Um, and, and I think that the sort of... Can you explain that? Why? How, how so? I, to me, it's like that's like one slice of the pie. Like it's so it's pretty big. It's a, it's a big slice, but like I don't know. I, yes. I, I no, I know. It, I also wouldn't yeah. call it a funny film because then yes, it discredits the yeah. fact that it's got it's a lot of heart film. and it's got a lot of emotion and it's got a lot of like movie references. You know, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, it is funny. That is a huge part of it. It's a comedy, right? But yes. if you just call it a funny film, you almost make it sound like it doesn't have a lot going on, and it does. Well, I mean, like this is. This is sort of when we talk about this stuff. It's it also it almost sounds silly because you <laughs> you start talking about Barbie and Ken and you're and then you're having very serious discussions mm. about Barbie yep. and Ken, but it's like, I mean, I think to to whatever that sort of of like it's also a humanist film mm -hmm. because it's like the humanity insofar as you can call it of like Barbie and Ken is what's paramount in the film and at the beginning of the movie, uh, you know. Ken is a person with no status in this world. So in this kind of reversed world, that person who has no status is in a completely untenable place long-term. Quite, quite a brave decision, too, to give Ken such a big character in the end, to take him away from being the cipher that he's always been into a real thing. Right, which is, you know, but, but that in that way, it's, it's, it's giving him... Mm you know, humanity as it were, as a doll, as, you know, whatever these, these kind of knots on knots that we have um, of the, of the world of Barbie. But yeah, I mean, I also think just, I will say just the existence of this film in, in the way that it does is pretty incredible and is pretty, I mean, like when I think of it this sort of um, as, as it stands, I'm like, this is, this is amazing that this movie is, is made and it's made the way it is with Margot as a producer and a star and, and what, what the story is of the movie, it feels sort of unbelievable that it's been made. But I think it's also, it's feminist in a way that includes everyone. It's like a, it's a rising tide lifts all boats version of it. Yeah, I think some people hear the word feminist and means that doesn't mean men. And I'm like, well, yeah, no, it anyone, does mean men. Anyone who believes men and women should be equal is it's feminist. Just, that's so it's, 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 it's <laughs> so, that simple. But I think some people hear the word feminist and like associate a lot of negative baggage mm -hmm. with the word. So what is it for you in the film? If you think, if, if you guys are comfortable, you guys, there I go, look at me. You know, yeah. if the actors, <laughs> if, if, if all the people on set are comfortable, they get that the word belongs to the film. How so? I think it belongs to the film because I think it's, um, because the, when, we were, when we were making it, the whole, Barbie is like an icon that, as Margot was speaking to, that it's both, um, it's it, it she exists in the the both and not the either or she's not either good or bad or you know is that diving into the complexity of it and not running away from it but like 
looking at all the thorniness and stepping into it and also looking at all the thorniness and stepping into what 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 is the negotiation of what women need to be and um how to give them something other than a tightrope to walk on is how it feels feminist to me i actually when i got asked the other day like is barbie a feminist i was like well she's actually like the level up from that because if you look at barbie land at the beginning like yeah the barbies are on top and the kens yes. are kind of disregarded so i was like well that's not equal well and yeah and that goes back to the earlier thing right about the sub skipper yes. incident god damn yeah. it the subplot of being like you know uh, uh forms of government that are basically oppressive and not inclusive mm -hmm. just being replaced by each other and that like that's the b plot Mm-hmm. That's the B plot. <laughs> Which is wild for yes. a movie about a doll. <laughs> there still needs to be justice what? for Alan though. You know Justice for Alan. He can beat the crap out of people though. Like yeah. good for him. Dude, Alan Al I have not been that excited for a fight scene since I saw nobody, frankly. Where I was like, <laughs> he was like hell yeah. Like, get some. Get and some, it's close to me too. Bam. Like everyone's like, why does he say that? Like, because that was the whole point of Alan. He was Ken's best friend, his clothes fit him too. So it's the same level of catharsis of seeing Bob Odenkirk just like run wild on some like total jackasses on the bus and like it's yeah. like righteous fury. It's like Alan got his Alan? moment, and then he had to go immediately back to Barbie Land. Yes. I know. Because he's doomed. He's a doomed character. I he's love all... the first thing with the other Barbies when they try to get the Barbies away from their Kens. Yeah. Was cute. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So one of my one of my favorite thing. things about Alan is that he was just like so. Alan is is just rejecting all of it. And right. I was talking to a friend about this the other day about how in today's society, if you actually want to really move the needle toward actual equality, it's not enough to be an ally. You have to be a gender traitor. And I was like, but gender traitor is so... Uh, I don't know. It's just very I think I played with him in Gilman very, in 2002, yeah. so by like, the way. I was like, we're not going to convince anyone <laughs> to help us achieve equality by calling them a gender traitor. Yeah. But now we have a term for it, and it's called Alan. Yes. Be an Alan. <laughs> just it's be an bit, Alan. It's a far better term. Be yeah. an Alan. Alan he's like, an Alan. And everyone's like, Ugh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Poor guy. Now, what do we think of America Ferreira's monologue that kind of gets, you know, them out? You know? Uh, Go yeah. ahead. Oh, oh you know, a, a dude doesn't need to be the first one to chime in on that. Go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> so, so, so my, so my idea. Oh, first off, like everything that she said, true. Yeah, definitely yes. true. You know who actually monologued that better? Greta Gerwig in Little Women during yeah. that scene with Florence Pugh. You're right. You're 100% right. Standards of women Pugh. versus men. So as I was like listening to that monologue and maybe it's because I I have a women's studies degree and I've kind of like and I've I've reiterated these points because smarter people than me kind of pointed that out to me when I was in like the beginning stages of my feminist journey like this that monologue is what I got in Feminism 101, <laughs> you know? Yes, and we do. So um, we do stand a non-binary king, hell yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, in my like feminism like 101 classes, like that's kind of the first thing that we talk about. I feel that in Little Women, and that's a whole other episode, there is just a Coming lot soon. more like finesse soon, yeah. that conversation. Whereas this one was like very straightforward. But for a large blockbuster movie, maybe that's just 
how it was supposed to be for people who are hearing it for the very first time. So yeah. what's awesome is that those are very similar points that I was going to make. Because I, I think that as much as, like, I hear some people, some backlash to it, like, oh, this is, like, some I'm with her, like, Clinton campaign 2016, like, level mm-hmm. of si engagement. Say, si se puedes. Right. Si se puede. <laughs> and, and, okay. Call back to, um, what was the movie? Oh, my gosh. It was on Disney Channel. America Ferrera was in it. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed it was a or something like that. I assumed it was a throwback to the Obama campaign. I, yeah, yeah, me too. But, um, but I think uh, yes, that like <laughs> it was a throwback to the Pete Buttigieg campaign. Actually, too soon, oh too soon. Never too soon. So what I was gonna say is that like I think that like so I I heard saw the back the backlash of that and I get it because it does have like big still with her energy for sure, but yes. like. Think about the audience for this, right? Like, remember, talked mm-hmm. about like the needle drops on this are not for me, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not for me. If you were to f- make a movie that was like designed for Kona Neutron, a 45 year old, like, lifelong rock and roll person, it wouldn't be these things. But that's not the point. The point yeah. is to get this to like the global audience, including non English speaking audience, mm-hmm. that maybe never gets to hear those kinds of things ever really? at any time. True. And like for people to assume it's like, well, I've heard that. So like I'm annoyed by hearing it because it's it's been co-opted by this thing I don't like. It is not about you. Mm-hmm. There's also there's also been a lot of I mean, a yeah. lot of stuff grappling with like the the binary, I guess, that women have to be right. Like <laughs> it's always uh, it's always kind of juxtaposed against each other, either being a stay at home mom. Or you know, being a mom. Or I, I wasn't laughing at that for us. I was laughing at Obamenheimer. <laughs> no, <laughs> not chat, Obamenheimer. Oh, I got. No. I, I have to stop looking at the chat when people are doing serious points. It's it's really tracks. Let's go. We have but too no, many they, funny commenters. Yeah. In, in the same yeah. way that I think uh, Barbie kind of has. A, uh, destroyer of the world. Oh, no. <laughs> I I am. Uh, Classic I'm, after party material. Forest, please. Not. Yeah. I I am become uh, deaf. <laughs> um, no, but there's like this binary, right? Where women are either seen as like a career woman, which is such a fucking 60s, 70s term. Um, you know, women like have like entering the workforce and the propaganda kind of around that with like, you know, I mean, all of a sudden you can't really afford to be somebody like living on your own or living, you know, uh, with one income in a household, right? Like all these things are connected to the actual economic status that, that we live under. And then the, the role of women, like the, the trad role, I guess, as like a mother. And these things have always been um, juxtaposed against each other kind of as a clash. And they're not really like most women. They, they are, should be able to exist at the same time, right? Yeah. And, right? and of course they should. But by the same token, how many times do we even get to see these kinds of stories? Mm-hmm. And again, like, and, and I've heard critiques so, so of Barbie saying, that I, I feel like grappling with that, uh, that binary in this movie is yeah. similar to the, the grappling with Barbie as kind of uh, a early feminist kind of um, uh, character, I guess. Right. And also as problematic, like in all these terms, right, like women are just not allowed to exist. They, it mm-hmm. either has to be this or that, yeah. right? Like it has to be either Barbie is like an icon of positivity. Barbie is something negative uh, that, you know, brings self-esteem issues. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it was based off of a German sex doll and all this, like <laughs> a, a litany of, <laughs> a litany of problematic things. And in the same way, 
Um, I think America Ferrera has talked about how you can't really just exist. You can't just be like a person. You have to always be uh, exceptional. You have to always, mm -hmm. and right. of course, since she's like, you know, a woman, be humble, always, but be, but be like, like, like the whole like dichotomy of all, and yeah. like, but be confident. It's, yeah, it's rarely. It, it, so you rarely see it in a film this big. You you rarely yeah. see a message like that portrayed so succinctly and so like like yeah. I mean like the beats of it would be like it would work fine in like Patton or like Avengers Endgame or something. Yeah. You know where it's like it's just but it's perfectly executed and done so in like you stop and think about like what are the stakes here? It's like well okay Barbie Land's all jacked up I guess but like what she's saying it's a universal truth and again mm -hmm. for people that like are com that complain about it, it, it it's like well no it's 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 talking about the same contradictions that uh, are are inherent within the entire film like the whole like no it, it, that uh, it's these superficial beauty standards that can't be uh, uh, lived up to and yada yada and, and but that like it both of these things can be true at the same time and like mm -hmm. what you choose to emphasize does matter and that even acknowledgement of the fact that, that like that these um, contradictions and uh, uh, absolute like logical fallacies can exist it's powerful to have well, that expressed in a major movie blockbuster. It's one of the biggest movies of the year. Yeah, yeah. And, and bringing that out onto like a, an even more macro level, right? Like that, that exact same point with these contradictions. Um, looking at this movie as something subversive, as something personal, as something humanistic, right? Like that is it, trying to spread yes. a, a message mm -hmm. to its audience, as well as, I mean, of course, Mattel turns around and markets every you know massive merchandising and, and marketing yeah. consumerists uh you know push behind it and there there is an understanding and like a nuance to the fact that like yes it can both be Greta Gerwig's very subversive and uh you know um not like it, it's not hitting an exact point the way that I think a lot of its critics have said that it is right like um they, most they of the critics it's that. it seems like they're talking about a much more much different movie than what it actually is yeah and yeah. so for for it to exist both as um, something subversive, something uh, culturally uh, nuanced, right? At a time when, as the fucking things show, uh, like the reactions to it show, we are in the probably mm -hmm. least nuanced uh, moment in time that we've we've ever been in, right? Like culturally. Mm -hmm. So everybody can just Word. kind of rage porn out to anything that comes out, right? That mm -hmm. that hates a certain political thing, right? Like just just the term like woke. Like I fucking like anytime I see woke in a movie criticism, I'm like, that's yeah, not you, telling me anything about this. You, like, you know yeah. you don't need to read the rest of the, of the thing or like yeah, listen yeah. to the rest of it because it, it's just like, well, that means things that I don't like and I'm an asshole is what yeah. that yeah. means. It's and just so, button mashing on on buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. It's yeah. just it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's socialism. Is it really? How is it socialism? Yeah. Well, I don't like, like the, it. The point it's, of but no, no, but it's not just a Mattel a ad. Consumer, yeah, too. Or like those are two things that you can hold in your mind at the same time, right? Like the, the mm -hmm. dialectic of it. Like this is uh, like the meta commentary, project. like you talked yeah. about for us yeah. about like the, the 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 having the mojo the mojo dojo cost houses. Oh, there's there we can't we can't keep them on the shelves. They're selling so well. Like <laughs> that meta commentary within the movie of it being like, well, this is patriarchy coming to Barbie Land, which is nuts, right? Like, and it can be the same. It can, and that's one of the reasons why this is such a like a flashpoint event that could never be repeated this can mm -hmm. never be repeated because yeah. like you could try to do something similar ish but like the subversiveness and i think again yeah. you hit on a great point the humanistic elements of it like 
It's just gonna come off like a cover band, man. They're gonna try with Polly Pocket, and it's gonna suck. I'm. It's ugh. <laughs> Selena Dunham, of course, it's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> Not for um, me to say, but I agree. But yeah, I mean, I know, knowing what knowing what uh, Lena Dunham did to Terry's sister as a kid, I don't want to know anything else about her. Child. No, I want to know yeah. nothing of that. <laughs> um, no, but so at, like at the same time, the the, the meta commentary, right? Like, uh, the, like the, that kind of joke works well in certain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dropped. He's dropped. It's a gay bomb, baby. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> it's not just the frogs that are gay now. Thank you. <laughs> That's what oh. tap water is. It's a gay bomb, baby. Um, no, but like, uh, I, I'm like missing missing the point that I was going. Yeah, to make. sorry. There's, I, I should. I, I gotta stop bringing up funny shit when you're trying to make a point. But I did the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I was oh, going for more. No, oh, well, okay. Of it, the meta commentary of it. Um, the last yeah. time I think that that worked as well as it does here uh, is like Spaceballs. Like uh, with the, mm-hmm. when he comes out as yogurt, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. "No, no, yeah, yeah, well, no, I get the it." Tiny, the tiny doll of him, like that's the last time I think uh, that kind of that kind of meta commentary joke kind of worked as well as it does here. Yeah, agreed. And and again, I don't think it can. I don't know if it could be done again in the same way. It yeah. certainly can't be done the same way. I'm not saying it can't be done again. That I should be not not to this language. scale and not, not in exactly the, not in this yeah. way where we use the master's tools to dismantle the house by shipping out a bunch of pink things and then making people go see a movie that kind of uh, breaks down uh, the problematic elements of consumerism while also making people buy. And I did it. I did it. I bought the Barbie merch. I right, buy, right, I and it's a cultural flashpoint right too. Yeah, that has, has sold out now. It has. <laughs> it's a functional equivalent of going up to Oppenheimer and says, "Get in, loser. We're changing culture." I flew down to Los Angeles to go to the World of Barbie pop up because I wanted sure. to just see. The atom bombs are flying you know? off the show. Every time I went to see Barbie, I dress up in the, in the cowgirl cosplay. <laughs> By the way, um, the, my, my version of the body my, horror nobody asked for and nobody is ready for. My version of Obamenheimer is he's uh he's building a like the world's largest drone, and he's right. building it in like a Los Alamos type sure. facility. He's like, yeah. uh, we got to make this drone uh, the biggest anyone's ever seen. Yes, in all wars. <laughs> this is classic after party material, yes. by the way. Which I think we're actually doing tonight. Are we doing an after party tonight? Yeah, we're doing an after yeah, party. And the, yeah. the thumb, I showed you guys cool. the thumbnail. The thumbnail is me and Christina. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, I said it like yeah. seven times. And what I was like, really are, are Andy and I Alan? What the fuck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're Alan. One thing that party. we haven't really mentioned, though, <laughs> is we have a different car. Handler. Well, the ghost of Ruth Handler in this movie. Yeah. Oh, Rhea Perlman. Yes. Yeah. Fuck Rhea yeah. Perlman, Carla from man. Tears. Every yeah, time yeah. she shows up, I'm stoked. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. I'm like, oh god, here come the tears. Yeah, but I really appreciated how they uh they 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 made her a sweet old lady that was delivering deep truths while also being like, and also tax evasion. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, that is uh she cultivated, I think. Um, this this image as like this this very petite uh, older older like very cute grandma lady, but also yeah. had incredible problems with the SEC. Yes. To the point yeah. where to the point where her like uh, you know 
I guess it, financial woes and embezzling or whatever fucking got her removed from the head of uh, Mattel. Yeah. But she she survived that and uh, kept being like cute uh, Barbie grandma. And they should that. make yeah. that movie, and Rhea Perlman should play the same character. I yes. agree. <laughs> oh my yes. god. Yeah, they, they, Greenlit. I'm gonna get a says I'm all fight with it. <laughs> Greenlit. We begin shooting on Monday. But they they also had her. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was a setup. I I didn't look into it that much. But her husband was like the one who originally started the company, right? Like, uh, Mattel yeah. is like uh, a, her husband's name and her, the the guy that the partner's name uh, pushed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like how they started out th- this company. <laughs> so I I wonder like I wonder how much of the the fucking financial embezzlement. <laughs> no, I wonder like <laughs> no, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, financial crimes and stuff. You know. Um, Whatever. Like, I, I wonder how much of it was her kind of being put front and center for that reason, though. I mean, yeah, like, I think well, some of it too yeah. is sexism because I think he passed away. And mm-hmm. uh, if I remember the story correctly, uh, and uh, you know, they kind of put it on her, uh, they Martha stewarded her, that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, also, so she also, hooked uh, up with Snoop Dogg. Sorry, <laughs> too soon. Oh, so her, her singular. Her singular uh, son is Ken. For shizzle, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like her, her kids were her kids were Which, Barbara, Barbara and, Ken. and Ken. But I want to know yeah. what it was like to be in the world as the actual real life Ken. Like, probably not well, great. Well, you know, Barbie's real name like is Alan. Barbara Millicent Roberts, which I I was like, why didn't she yeah. go by Roberts and and but Handler? I'm like Roberts, Barbara Roberts is actually Barbie's name in real life. So like, oh. They call her Barbara Handler, not Barbara Millicent Roberts. And I'm like, that's the only like mistake in the movie that bugged me. Uh, Yo, Millicent is a wild old school middle name. We need to bring back Millicent. We have to bring back Millicent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Azumer Millicent. Yeah, gets it on yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just think it's weird that people are like, this movie's not for kids. There's so much inappropriate nonsense in this. I'm like, there's no cuss words like penis and oh. vagina are mentioned. Like, in- well, they say beach off. Yeah, yeah I mean, not. I was going to beach off <laughs> later. Like that's this. another story. So, like, it's the children saying beach off. No, you beach me off. No, you no, beach me <laughs> I thought Andy wrote that joke, actually. Uh, but <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Handler well, they took uh, was, fashion uh, sense. was yeah. a screenwriter and director who actually directed like a bunch of movies. He directed. Delivery Boys, A Place Without Parents. I haven't seen either of those, but uh, like he was I don't know what any of that is, but okay. <laughs> he, but it's greenlit anyway. <laughs> We're going wild tonight. <laughs> oh, for Ken, anything. It's for Ken, it's greenlit. <laughs> it's going to be a wild picture. It's already a blockbuster success. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make a super bad joke. It's like, Ryan Gosling, you up for the part of Ken. Like... <laughs> Right. Oh yeah, like super meta. They didn't need to do that though. Like like yeah. and and uh which is crazy because as meta aware as this film is, like there's a few ways it could have like gone down like the wrong path with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I was ex- first time I saw it, I was I hate to say it, I was honestly expecting it was going to. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. And I was like, Oh, okay. No, I well, the, I, I the messed thing with is it. is that they didn't go for the obvious like cultural, like irrelevant jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they were trying to stick more to like stuff that's universal so this movie's gonna last like, so like they, mm-hmm. i'm giving the opposite uh prediction than, than ben shapiro who said that like you know box office is gonna uh, you know drop off after a week which is what he yeah. said in his review nobody we, cares I'm that gonna, this is gonna last it worked okay. this movie is gonna be around he's just, uh, he's just mad that he's right wing he's right wing alan I didn't, nobody, nobody no. cares. Nobody yeah. cares what that guy has to say. Like outside no, no, of the small just, world, and yeah, the, the whole people die is, alone. This movie's going to uh, <laughs> thank you stick around, and it's going to be like like uh, you know 
my my children aren't going to have kids. They, they don't want getting kids. But but like but my imaginary grandchildren would actually talk about it. So yeah. what I what I like though is the the quips in this, even even the topical ones like the Zack Snyder quip, the the yeah. like mm-hmm. the Stephen Malkmus and the Fall quip of of yeah. like you know because there's like there's like movie splaining that's happens. The there's there's record and there. but but there's indie rock like mansplaining as well, which is like I, I did not expect to hear a Fall reference in the Barbie movie. I you know, there's also a savings account. There's also uh, a yeah, right, financial bro. Yeah, they, they cover all the bros. They, Photoshop <laughs> uh, mansplaining, yep. which is really funny as somebody who grew up with, uh, like my mom taught Photoshop when I was a kid. Like that's what she did for a living. So yeah, how, really many funny students, to, how many of the male students were trying to explain to her how it worked? Probably all. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's like, he's talking about like the lasso. He's like, the lasso tool. No, you have to highlight it. with. The, it's not even like uh, expert level Photoshop, right? Like it's just. It's, it's really just like the most basic. Yeah, she doesn't understand how the select tool works, which is hilarious. <laughs> but it's like it's so aware of like the concept of what it is, which is that like okay, they're using like their mansplaining against them, right? They're using yeah. that as 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 like the, like no, that's how we're gonna get them, and yeah. it's 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 done like in the purpose of like a caper, honestly, yeah. like right, like it's caper like. It was a it was so Ocean's Eleven of them the whole totally. Scene. It's what Mission Impossible <laughs> should be. No, right. literally, it's also it's also such a relatable uh thing like i'd watch like, it then yeah. they start getting text messages in the middle of it and they're like what's that and like while he's trying to play guitar and he's like she's like oh don't worry about it and then he like looks at the phone he's like no who who, who oh Ken? and then yeah. they start rotating but they're in a circle like, they're all <laughs> including the mermaid and the merman, yeah. which, which is an extreme yeah. callback. From I love Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. I love and John yeah. Cena, shout out, you know, to, yeah. to, to yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie's co-star from uh, uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad, who's incredible in Peacemaker, which is yes, absolutely wonderful. It. Yo, so there, there so were people that, that were also Lipa played like three of the mermaid Barbies. Yeah, that's right. They just do. I'm my Barbie. Good luck in reality. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's There's, right. I forgot about that. How did you get the, the pool? Funniest, the funniest, <laughs> most esoteric reason that people got bad at Tums. Barbie is that um, the the map that they were showing in in the scene with Weird Barbie, <laughs> I guess it shows the boundaries that China rather than Vietnam accepts for like the the boundary dispute between the two countries. No, it doesn't. Oh, and then they pissed <laughs> off Vietnam, and Vietnam was like, "I won't." Yeah, show Vietnam. It. Bit, yeah. But but also like you had like Ted Cruz come out and be like this movie is pro China it's communist propaganda <laughs> and it's really it's really funny if if you remember like John Cena apologizing for some uh, like really milk toast comment he made about something happening in China and he like apologized in Chinese to uh, oh like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So he seemed cool. like be like a uh, fucking CCP agent uh, you know fucking John Cena strikes again he's the one that he's like he's like oh just use this map here. <laughs> he seems <laughs> he seems like a genuinely pretty cool dude i've heard yeah. he's yeah. very very progressive yeah. and, and like considering what he like did in peacemaker too which is again a, a very meta aware even more than the suicide squad mm-hmm. like I, i'm like i would be very bummed out if i found out he was like a shit heel for some reason yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard he does, he's amazing to work yeah. with and like, and I love when he shows up in anything because it just seems like he's just like he's so down to just continue being a camp icon. Yeah, he's happy to be there. He's like the yeah. Bruce Campbell of wrestling. You know, he that's, loves that's why he did. Like he was like it was Margo who was like, "Do you want to play like a Merkin in the Barbie <laughs> movie?" Like, he was like, "Yes." Sure. What time should I be there? Yeah, I love exactly. how he's like, "Hi, Barbie." 
he does he does need somebody to uh to barbie explain him like basic class consciousness though because yeah. um he has vince mcmahon owns 10 percent of right, whatever right. he's like his his product or whatever he needs somebody to like whisper to him like hey your boss doesn't have to own like 10 percent of everything you make on of your merchandising rights bro because there's like right. this video of him being like oh i'm happy with it he gave me my first shot and it's like no john cena rise up rise up john cena <laughs> so funny uh Anyway, so of course, everybody, we do like to have fun here. And of course, Letterboxd is a great place where everyone can have fun that enjoys film. Uh, is a uh, social even media Ken's. site. Even even Ken's, even Ken, they allow Ken's on there. Even you Alan's. Can, you can uh, <laughs> uh, like a movie, uh, give it a number, it's, it's great. Uh, and the, uh, of course, Letterboxd is a place for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the films that they love, the films that they were baffled by, the films they were weirdly horny for. All of these things can be held in the same sentence, and often are. And this, I, I think in this case is somewhat understandable. It's really absolutely, yeah. it's absolutely. Uh, and of course, all of this is best expressed succinctly for the purposes of this bit, where we collect everything. Because it isn't just a Siskel and Ebert that get to have a say. Everyone gets to have their say. Everyone gets to opine. Everyone gets to chime in. But not everyone makes the cut. These are the letterbox one-liners. I like how you Uncle Alligator there for one second. <laughs> I'm a proud owner of the discontinued pooping dog. Oh, me too! <laughs> I remember seeing that at someone's house when I was a kid. Like, they had that. Was so like, was Lindsay. Really? A, yeah. we, we, I saw with Lindsay for the second time, and she was like, I had one of those. I'm like, that's a thing? Like, I didn't even know that was real. Like, Everything I didn't know what... in Barbie Land was a thing. Amazing. I want to poop on your rug. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. <laughs> Chills shot through my spine during the scene where Ken is mansplaining pavement, slanted and enchanted, and Stephen Balkmus impact and indie music, because I know that's the exact kind of Ken I would be. <laughs> See, that's, that's, how I, that's how I felt about uh, when he's when he's mansplaining the Godfather and he's like, Coppola really shows the aesthetic, uh, like interpretation here. And I'm yeah. like, and I turned, cause I saw my friend Maddie and I turned to her and I was like, that's, that's my, that's me. I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> cause they film broed, they indie At rock broed, they finance broed. Like it's, it, 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 it fucking touches them all, man. They it's great. Graphic designer bro. Yeah. They did it all. <laughs> very, very basic graphic designer broed. It's the Bo Jackson of meta references. Thank you. <laughs> Girlfriends with guitar boyfriends are accurately represented in this one. Oh, true. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to play guitar at you. I play guitar at you. <laughs> at you. I need to be explicitly clear. I have never done this, and I find that abhorrent. Thank personally. God. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I've never offered to shake a egg at a, at a woman before. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I'm holding up a shaker egg, but you can't see it right now. <laughs> Yo, one of the, one of the things also though, uh, I I like that I like that even in the Ken Kens or whatever, there's like a hierarchy where there's the one sidekick Ken that's always his sidekick, uh, which you know Alan's supposed to be a sidekick. I guess Alan had the week off, but there's the one uh, Ken with like the straw hat that's always a sidekick, and he's oh. playing the, he's playing the drums at her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. That, that's what I said earlier. That what I what I love so much about that um, uh, about that scene is that there's there's the dude playing drums unaccompanied because it's all yeah. dudes with guitars, and the first thing anyone that plays music, oh, well, there's no one to play drums though, and it's like, and then there's a dude playing drums and singing, <laughs> and he's the singing drummer, and it's amazing, and I love it. He's the one. He's the one sidekick though, too. You know what I mean? Like it's the yeah. one. Like there's we always this know like who one. You are. Yeah. 
It's so great. People cheered at the Pride and Prejudice moment like it was Captain America catching Thor's hammer in Endgame. It was oh. so relatable. Yes. I literally, I literally out loud, and everyone laughed at me, but it's fine. I was like, <laughs> as soon as they said it, I just went, ah! I feel so <laughs> called out right now. Like that. <laughs> and this, the fact that it was the Colin Firth uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice means something too, which is great. Specifically uh, the Colin I, I had to ask my wife, I'm like, is that, is that Colin Firth? But I mean, that's like also perfect, like meta commentary. The second there's like a new Barbie that she comes up with conceptually in her head. That's like yeah. the most depressing one. Oh, there's an ad for it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like right on the screen in the middle of. So, yeah. so funny. good. So good. And, and I'm glad they did it for that one. They didn't do it. They didn't do it for every single. Oh, it'd one. be intolerable yeah. if they did it for like. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 just yeah. the one. And it was perfect. You know, the light about uh, eating the entire family size bag of Skittles and your jaw hurts now. It, it was also it was also the kind of ad that they used to have on like Nickelodeon where it's kids talking to like two Skittles. kids. Skittles yeah. are inherently that Skittles are just a funny candy to say Skittles. Man. They are. Think about Skittles. it. Skittles. <laughs> Was Alan a non-binary person? My father. <laughs> yes. Tag the answer. Yes. Clear <laughs> <laughs> icon, Alan. He's he's also like programmed to be the the sidekick. Like when Ken hits the fucking uh, wave, no! Alan's the first one to go. He just starts screaming like. <laughs> <laughs> Ken. I would like to sincerely apologize to all the Barbies I decapitated as a child. Oh, that's <laughs> so real. As long as this isn't the person who's swallowing them. Oh is my this, god! Is this going to be our like? A, there's like a possession, but it's like the Barbie. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that with uh, Renee. See, I knew Alan would be a feminist for the wrong reasons, of course, but a feminist nonetheless. He's such a small bean. <laughs> <laughs> Protect Alan at all costs. Barbie, mid dancing. Do you guys ever think about how we might have started a chin reaction to destroy the entire world? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so good. I have no notes. Yeah. <laughs> can out of can. Oh, perfect. Oh, yes. good. Good. Excellent. That nice, nice shout out to the Alan poster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Historically inaccurate film. All of my Barbies used to scissor. This is what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. It was the most inaccurate part of the movie. Yeah, yes. all they the Barbies is... must scissor. Y'all yeah. know there's all no queer representation coming up of in a few months. Not enough. You know, all they needed is just the one scene where, like, like uh, uh, what's her face? Um, uh, weird Barbie just picks up a pair of scissors, just looks at it. Looks kind of turned on for a second and just sets it down. And that's all you need. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I wonder. A tribute to all the girls. Greta, Andy's got notes. By the way, um, I just I just want to like point out that after playing Alan, fucking Michael Sarah has literally grown the beard to <laughs> make sure well, that he keeps reason. his. He's like, I'm a man, uh... I'm a father. All right, all right. <laughs> so those are the letterbox one-liners for Barbie. Please, please, please. Do, 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 do. We need some rap air horns for sure on that. Uh, please, please, please follow the show. Moving extravaganza. That is ugh, Patriarchy Ken over there, party at the Mojo Doso Casa House. He is logging all the stuff that we do on this show. And I, so much I guess more. I guess I just give out uh, invitations to like places from the movie now because when we did kicking and streaming, I was like, yeah, we're going like party at the the, the fucking townie bar, 
And yeah. then this time I'm like partying in the Mojo Dojo Casa house. Yeah, well, you gave out, didn't you give out a Blue Sky invitation like last week? For your Oppenheimer, I'll be like, party at Lawrence Livermore Labs. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes, that sounds like a good party. Uh, Conan, I'm Conan Neutron, of course, the Mojo Dojo Major Domo. Look it up. Uh, I am watching all of the uh, the highbrow stuff and the midbrow stuff. Follow me along for the Criterion Challenge. I got 12 more. 12 more people. Wow. I'm ahead of the game. There's people that have finished already, though. Okay. So right. I don't feel like, I feel good about myself. And then I was like, oh, people are done? How? And I'm like, oh, because I'm watching movies for this. But anyway, uh, follow me along for all that. Uh, I'm all up in that biz. That's uh, how uh, I know Lauren, actually, is through Letterboxd. Yes, Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Gang, gang. Hoop, hoop. gang, gang. Uh, stereotypical Barbie is not only not a fascist, uh, she is on Letterboxd now and again when she when she deigns to do so. Uh, yeah. And and you may you may follow her on there, uh, and I suggest that you do so. Uh, J weird J Andrew the real world. Wow, that's a mouthful, man. I know. I I just kept adding on to it as we were going on. <laughs> He wants to know how many wives are in mis misogyny. Well, I'm just going to tell you, why are you watching the things that you're watching? Nobody knows, <laughs> but you're doing it either way, whether people are interested or not. And I appreciate Yo, that. Yo, bro, if she you. gives you three wives on misogyny, she's into you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you want to see all the crazy, obscurest uh, J. Andrew world, Andrew the real world, we apologize for the error, uh, <laughs> stuff, uh, please follow him on Letterboxd uh, right about now. To uh, Lauren is lonely goat herd. Yes, Never has made sense for me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's different than all of my other handles. It's the only one. You're so brand consistent, except for Letterboxd. Oh my gosh, yeah. No. Uh, I don't have micro marketing synergy. Unlike Barbie, I don't have marketing <laughs> synergy. <laughs> it, it always made sense. It always made sense to me because she's like a theater kid, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a sound, the sound yeah, of music yeah, fucking yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I thought it was a majority report reference. What are you talking about? Sound oh, Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a sound of, it's the Sound of Freedom reference. Look, <laughs> look, she's not only film critic Barbie, she's not only our official, official, official. Gwydigar correspondent. <laughs> she's uh, logging stuff on Letterboxd, and honestly, I found a lot of great stuff from following Lawrence. So, I, re I really uh, wish we could play the... Uh, you should follow news. if you know what's good for you. So I really making this a that, threat. That broadcast news, breaking, breaking news. Yeah, 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 we, we should. It gets flagged every single time. I, I I said I was gonna do that forever ago and I didn't do it, but whatever. I'll <laughs> I'll get around to it. I keep writing theme songs for this show though, and that's pretty good. Yeah, right. Justifying this. <laughs> Somehow, I, the breaking news theme would take me like ten seconds, and I still have not remembered to do it until we like talk about breaking news. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> those the, the breaking news there is those are all the letterbox handles for the five people on this show so follow all of us if you feel so inclined j andrew the real world weird j andrew as as some people call it um please <laughs> take some of the plugs all right if you're watching us on youtube right now please do all those youtube things like comment subscribe hit that bell and the big ask is to watch the video to the end uh that allows you to hear a great Kona neutron song and that allows other right. movie fans to find our content so um please. we got to get one of those bots that does the like halfway through goes like it's like you know, subscribe. oh yeah like, like subscribe yeah yeah like miss mojo hi this is miss mojo and you're watching we'll get dan from the internet to come in and uh tell us uh, perfect yeah, yeah what's up and, and also we're over on twitch so you can do the twitch things like um uh throw us a sub 
The big ask over on Twitch is if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to our channel for free. Um, doesn't cost you anything, but that actually really does help us out. Uh, it helps us, you know, pay the bills around here. Uh, we, we do have bills that we got to pay, and uh, we greatly thank uh, if you're able to do that. I heard the um, StreamYard, if you can't pay them, takes one of your fingers. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, they, they're no joke right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Man, Ben, just like go to Andy's house and, um, you know. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, Streamer, don't play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on social media. Uh, we, we are on um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and of course, now we're on Blue Sky, which is uh, exciting. Um, so, you know, find us over there. Uh, we, we usually tag each other it, on It's the like post. Twitter with less idiots, basically. And Blue no Sky, video, bro. Yes. And yeah. Christina just likes threads better because they can do gifts and animate or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's all fine. garbage. <laughs> Sorry, peace and love. there anyway. Yeah, yeah. They they, yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, follow us on the garbage I mentioned. Yeah, oh, garbage. Mastodon, it's our garbage. <laughs> they should have. They should have rolled out like the blue sky invites or whatever with the fucking Barbie movies, like uh, where he's like he's like Brewski beer me, bro. Be like yeah. Brewski beer me. Blue, <laughs> Blue me, bro. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. But uh, if you want to help us out uh, some more, um, you do have the ability to subscribe to us through Patreon. The nice thing about that is if you are watching this in the future, you will not have access to the after party that we're going to be uh, starting uh, soon unless you are a patron, pa patron on Patreon. Um, and you want to stick doing... around because they get wild. They do. Hey. They do. I'm She's drinking, not wrong about that. I'm drinking yeah. Bacardi tonight. I'm, you know, I'm going hard, <laughs> turning up. You know what I mean? They're gonna. I'm gonna have someone throw a beer at me, and I'm gonna go risky beer, me, bro. And then they're gonna just smash that beer against the wall. You know, it's gonna exactly. be wild. Because I don't catch things very well. Just like the Sex Pistols <laughs> tour of uh, the United States and be when some, they were in Texas. There'll be some wild antics to be sure. <laughs> That's right. Obscure concert references for me um it's not, it's not that obscure no it's not but but uh it's, it's not something everybody knows <laughs> but yeah okay so so yeah help us out over on patreon uh get access to the after parties forever uh after party forever. Forever. after party forever dude come on that first one was really solid. I got super empowered after that first one. I was like, oh, no, then we need And then it went downhill from there. Didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That's really Thanks for coming to my page, blingy. Everything's flashing. Welcome. Thank you for coming to my mojo cast. Mojo dojo cast. Yo, I would straight up make a mojo dojo casa house my space page for sure. Jack. Was the Jack? And when you when you fucking log on to it, it plays fucking Matchbox Twenty. Yep. Like at full blast, and you don't know where the yeah, and you can't turn it off, which is the thing that kids today have no idea. By the way, I want to take you for granted. And then all of that was terrible, and it's somehow still better than literally anything we have now. Somehow. Yeah. I was gonna remember like people had the MIDI version too. The MIDI version. I want to take you for granted. And then say, no, we don't take for granted. No, no, no. Subscribe no, to our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash. Exactly. That was a good, good synergy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good energy. Yeah. Good energy. Good synergy. Good energy. <laughs> so, so Conan, you have um, a, a new album coming out really soon. I do. Or you LP. can get uh, yeah. pre-orders for Adult Prom are available now. And uh, this is a split LP, not EP, as mentioned in the opening credits. So, a long play for people who don't know. Beware. Long player, right? Exactly. Yes. Six songs each. Uh, this is the front cover, which is Lungs Van. And this is the back cover, which is uh, Conan Neutron's Secret Ooh, Friends. Band. Yeah. So, That's the that I left my track jacket. <laughs> it, it's. <laughs> It's at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com for that. Uh, out on Learning Curve Records, we are uh, pre-orders available for digital, for CD, for LP. We also have a set of West Coast tour dates that we are doing. And uh, yeah, so there's that's uh, that's uh, we got Tempe, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento, Reno, Eugene, Portland, Bellingham is cut off because I'll see you at the and, bottom uh, of the Seattle hill, Conan. for uh, Rat City Recon, and mm-hmm. those are all with Lung, who we love. We love Lung, and yeah, which, which you can actually hear the their yeah, track I think that, off that album um, on the on the uh, you know yeah, off the. Uh, I think we. Uh, I think my things are dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, let's let's do this. Uh, Lauren, we're gonna be pretty near you. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, bottom of the hills, my favorite venue in town. I'm gonna come see ya. And it's an afternoon barbecue show too, which is awesome. Those those are God, it sounds so much better on these headphones. I look cooler with the AirPods. Not that anyone can look cool with AirPods. Don't get me wrong, but like it sounds so much better with these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh, this is so much better. I can hear that dog barking so clearly. <laughs> it's like crystal, I tell you. Crystal clear. I tell you. I tell you. I'm uh, yeah, so neutronfriends.bandcamp.com, learningcurverecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, we, there's a, I got like a bunch of media stuff that's coming up, but like whatever. Like that's just follow me on all the things. It's, it's. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, like uh, I listened to uh, the two tracks that, that are available on Bandcamp and they sound fantastic. Like, like uh, the, the Code of Neutron song completely got me pumped. Uh, the lung song was, fa- you know, like, like I was not expecting that, that cello and, uh, they're no joke um, of, of the, that sound. And what's cool about this release, I think, is that it follows the, I consider it a nineties thing, but, uh, we cover a lung song and they cover a Conan Neutron, the secret friend song. Ooh. And can I just say lungs version of the impossible task off of our record, dark passengers? Uh, it, to me, it sounds like PJ Harvey and I'm way into that. Yes. Mm. That's awesome. So there you go. So yeah, pre-order that, you know, make do, do the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the Anthony Oliver thing or whatever the hell the guy's name was Oliver Anthony, that, that country guy that, uh, uh, basically got all these pre-orders for his album that, that now, uh, you know, debuted number one. So oh, make, I heard make, about that. Yeah. Make Conan debut number one by pre-ordering oh, that's, that uh, now. I, I got it. So that's the one that, like, hey, this racist made an album. Great. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the whole thing is, is that he had like some people behind him, like telling people Stop to pre-order. Reacting to it. Pre-order <laughs> Conan's album right now. Yeah. Buy my stuff. Thank yes. you. Yes. You didn't make a video where you're whining in the woods about how poor people on welfare get fudge rounds. So how do oh, I guys. know? How do I know whether I can listen to you? That was my first mistake. <laughs> next time. Next album. The good news, oh, there's well. lots of woods in Wisconsin. Yes, exactly. Um, Real but, America, uh, baby. You have a show called Conan Neutron and the Secret Friend. Uh, no, called uh, Protonic Reports. <laughs> it's literally behind me, Andy. <laughs> 
Sorry, it just slipped out because we were just, you know, never mind. You have anyway. a you have a song you have a show called Tonic Sal. Is that right? <laughs> Tonic Sal. Tonic, Tonic Sal is my old school like old saloon name. Really? Ah, you're heading the Tonic Sal. See, Tonic Tonic Sal. Sal sounds like sounds like a, a rip off fucking uh, a rip off like Howard Stern. He's like, sure, it's sure. Tonic Sal in the morning, yeah. and I'm I'm making these, uh, you know, I'm making these Jezebels, uh, you the know, Jezebel. fucking drink bitters, and then they they go they go off. You know what I mean? I'm Tonic Not Sal. Not the Jezebels. <laughs> the name of the show is Conan and Trunch Protonic Reversal. Uh, I I did three episodes last week. I did. I had Mr. Flies on. I had Mike Hart from the Godbillies and Thrall on, and then I had all of Steel Pole Bathtub on first appearance of all of them together in, in 20 years god damn it these no comments, these uh. comments. uh that episode is still only available for patrons it has not been put on the general feed yet the steel pole bathtub episode but it is uh, uh dorothy kent uh from steel pole bathtub uh revealing that she is dorothy kent and not darren morex anymore so for people that are into weird music that is a notable thing i was incredibly honored to be the uh, medium for which that was communicated, and it was, it's a great time. It, it's it's a, if you're remotely into that band, you need to check it out. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, Christina, you're. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Uh, Conan also has a Patreon uh, where you can actually oh, yeah. go and get that episode. Right. Yeah, one dollar a month. Bernie Sanders rules. You know. Uh, Patreon.com slash Tonic Sal. <laughs> People are sick and tired of not being able to get Tonic Sal content for cheap. The, Amer the American people want premium cocktails delivered <laughs> to their house at a reasonable price. We should not be paying $25 for bitters. It's not right. It's too much. Nobody Who wants it. <laughs> That's my president. Exactly. Yeah. The American people want old fashions delivered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a dollar a month to get early episodes of my show. It's it's a it's a bargain if you're if you're into that kind of thing. And some of the people that watch the show are. So there you go. Fantastic. And Christina, you you you. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was trying to make a better transition, but there we go. That's the transition I ended on. Um, Christina, you, you have a, a Twitch show, and you have a big appearance coming up with uh, Forrest tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to hang out with Dan from the web, Ravana, Jessica Burbank, and a few others, and it's going to be lots of fun. Y'all were on last week on that show, too. Yeah. yeah. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're busy. We're going we're gonna to end up being their, uh, their, 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 their token night. white folks. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And we got and we got uh told last time that we might be a little too white. So we got Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, podcast is so white. Yeah. <laughs> 8:45 Eastern tomorrow, 5:45 I guess uh Pacific time. The we're going to be on for the GOP debates. Mm -hmm. uh, oh sure. Yeah. We're going to be Which Trump will those. definitely not show up for. Which it, uh, it would be really funny if he just in the audience. Just he's streaming like on Truth Instagram. Social, wherever the hell that guy's up to. I don't know. <laughs> yes, the, yes, the like, and now entering the building. He's streaming from the county jail. Yeah, <laughs> from on, on Thursday. On Thursday, he has to turn himself in at Fulton County Jail. Like that's awesome. His, like, I don't know I, what's worse, being on Tucker Carlson or go be turn yourself in for jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, kind of a toss-up for me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm weird that way. 
Do you get? Would you guys rather have cocktail night at Mar-a-Lago or <laughs> a, a, a weekend retreat at Fulton County Jail? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you can do Tucker Carlson or Ritual Suicide. Wow, ritual yeah. Suicide sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could make yeah. a, a Mishima like remake of uh, like a Tucker Carlson esque <laughs> character that yeah you know does Ritual Suicide. Yeah. Who wants to reinstate the Emperor? Oh shit! Nobody. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> The emperor. Word. What, where where is he gone? You asked. Where why is why is why are we so capitalist? Yeah. Where is where is the where is the ultra nationalist? I have so many questions. Tonight on Tucker Carlson, I commit Harikari. Yeah, dude, that would I would watch. I would yes. finally watch that show if that was yes. yeah. Harikiri. Yeah. Harikiri. And, and uh, Christina, you have a you have your Twitch show too. Sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah. I forgot we were on Christina's plugs, my bad. Yes. Uh, anything coming up this week, or just mm, probably? Just, it's for, there. Uh, for gonna be, I'm gonna be busy, but like probably Friday when I stream, we'll probably go over like the Trump, you know, surrender. The perp walk if we get one. Surrender, yeah. but don't give your perps away. And, and of course, you know, Christina also has Miranda. a Patreon. So please Miranda. go there and support Christina's Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com. Like a dollar a month. If you, yeah, my mom wants to become a patron. I'm like, you're already a Twitch subscriber. Stop giving me your money. <laughs> you can barely. That's the only way you can get money out of now. You just got to keep joining websites and then asking. That's how you get your money from your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop giving your, me your money, the Christina Oak story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The American people are sick and tired of me getting all your money. Please stop giving me your money. I'm not running for president. Every day I get $27 sent to my home. Save it. A crisp it... 27 <laughs> A crisp $27 bill. I didn't even know those existed. It is Richard, it is Richard, dollar bill. It is Richard Nixon on it for some reason. <laughs> Oh yeah. What's That's next, Andy? <laughs> I, I was going to ask what Lauren's up to if she has anything she needs to uh, plug because I know last time you had oh. some shows. This is how Lauren's feeling right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So I am on a. I just closed Hunchback of Notre Dame, so I am on hiatus. Um, and so I really don't have that much. Were you the on, hump? That's not to say that I won't be. So um, follow day. me on um, on Letterboxd. Um, also on Instagram at Suburb Survivor. Like I said, no synergy. I have a different screen name for everything, so you can never find me on all the other <laughs> platforms. So I'm at Lonely Goat Herd on Letterboxd. I'm yes. at Lauren Chenard on Twitter or X, and uh, and I'm at Suburb Survivor on Instagram. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, and sometimes I'll just have a little, you know. Actually, I do have something to share, which is I'm going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad I, that's I had that. that exactly I will be uh, starting to do uh, burlesque and drag starting in the fall. Ooh, so if you work. follow me Ooh. on Instagram, you can figure out what I'm doing as my alter ego, Maria Von Thirst Trap. Um, <laughs> that's right. I forgot that was the name. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I so look out for those performances and come support me up in uh, San Francisco or wherever you get your. Uh, local drag. Whatever you uh, get your content, thirst traps, really. <laughs> mm. <laughs> my game. my idea my idea for a for a drag uh, performer uh -huh. would be Rhonda Santis. Yes. Oh, do it, do it, do it. 
Capitalize. <laughs> what are you planning on doing shows at CPAC? <laughs> I hope you do. Oh, man. All the Santas around and be like, yeah. There's oh, that one. Man. There's that one drag queen that they dragged out of C. Like she's a MAGA drag queen, I guess, and they wow. dragged her out of CPAC. They're like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> you know, I gotta like, say, I've, I've been like, to I'm, the... one of, I'm one of you, and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I've been to where CPAC is, and it's it's an absolutely beautiful, like, uh, you know, building and area because it's like right mm -hmm. on the. Uh, but the then it gets infested and... with GOP. It's nonsense. gorgeous. Yeah, it's I got to see. There was a Beatles fest and I got to see a bunch of Beatles cover bands, uh, you know, right on the Potomac and, and like uh, inside where they have the CPAC was like a bunch of people selling Beatles merchandise. That's hmm. kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's did a better they, use they, of that uh, space. They, for sure. right. the, the famous right wing Beatles, uh, you know, cover where it's it's not I get by with a little help from my friends. It's I get by by myself and then it's like in front I get I get by by myself by my bootstrap. And, and then the rest of the rest of the set is just taxman over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, what's next? What would you, what would you do if I wait it was like if I if I say attitude would you uh set up and walk out on me? Yes, you need to get better at this. You need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Man, <laughs> you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> The, the the other one is when I'm 64, you know, in parentheses, fucking no SSI. <laughs> exactly. It's got an asterisk. It's a meta comedy. It's better typed out, really. Will you still need me? Will you still feed? No, I won't. <laughs> Save money now. I've got my 401k. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> right. that. That has to be it for the plugs, right? It is. Okay. I'm just out here driving the car. Yeah. <laughs> You really are, though. That is that is the thing I like best about this view is that Andy looks like he's driving the car. He looks like he has a weird baby arm, but he's driving the car. You're you're at the position that fucking Alan was in when he he's like, I can't hear the song anymore, and he popped up. Wait, wait, let, let's try this. Hold on, let's see. Okay, now I'm driving the car. That's right. Neutron's in the driver's seat now. Oh no, the Bronco. Yeah. We're going but straight you to the top. Me with uh, Forrest, and Forrest can have Ken's hair. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> almost. So close. Finally so got close. hair. Wait. So Move close. your head to the side. There you nope, go. not there either. All right, oh, Christina, you can drive. Wait. Oh, damn. God damn it. Not for us. Women can't. It doesn't have. This is, is the screen cap. This is, this is the Kendom. Here in the Kendom, we do not let women drive. Christina's the only one dressed appropriately for the picture. So. Yes. Wait, yeah. you, think, you really think I was. I'm wearing black for Oppenheimer. You really think I wouldn't dress as Barbie for this? Come on. I, I doubt a lot of things. I would never doubt you, Chris. I'm pretty happy nobody converted Ken to Islam. What? <laughs> it's right. just like we got an after party. No, this is classic. There's, there's, there's okay. different. There's different versions of the Ken, though, right? Like his is like Saudi Arabia. He's like it's a theocracy. He's Forty-seven virgins. He's like he's like oh, women can't man. drive here. <laughs> <laughs> to be all right. To be fair, they can barely drive in Barbie Land because it's anyway. You know what? It's fine. Let's. Uh, it's, it's not the caliphate. It's not the caliphate. It's the caliphate. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're gonna do final thoughts. Ken's you like, like this nonsense? Ken's, Ken's like, no. Stay tuned. That's haram. <laughs> So, Laura, what are your final thoughts on, on Barbie? Thank you. My, fi my final thoughts. Um, I kind of just to what Conan was saying earlier, the fact that we were able to get out a feminism 101 gender studies course out to 
mass audiences across America and across the world is pretty fucking dope. And also, um, maybe push by Matchbox 20 is growing on me. <laughs> That's the most inadvertent side effect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate this indoctrination factory. This indoctrination factory is making Matchbox 20 grow on, grow on you, you know? Did Lauren just mic drop and like bail? <laughs> wow, that's a power move. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Wow. But uh, Christina, let's hear some, you know, final thoughts. So this final week, thoughts. We want to hear them. This uh, this shouldn't have worked, but it did, and I can't believe that you know after waiting and waiting, when he finally saw it, like ten times, and it was everything that I had hoped for in a, in a film about Barbie existentialism individual you know individuality and like you know uh ad almost like adolescence in the sense like that too because barbie becomes like almost like a child to like a woman in that regards when she becomes a, a weird human. amount mm -hmm. of sharia law <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i recommend seeing this film because it's actually probably you know greta gerberg always comes out with hits so like i i could i have a lot of trust in her that she's gonna do something really really uh phenomenal word all right conan uh look this is subversive and humanistic uh, and the fact that this movie not only exists but is this good is a minor miracle and it's a testament to how great and unique of a director uh greta gerberg is as christina was saying it um it should it cannot and should not be copied or imitated although it definitely will and we already have a list that's crazy i know it's it sucks it's interesting to me how something this breezy seeming and enjoyable can be packed with not just so many critiques of things like patriarchy and consumerism and such but just how funny it can be while doing so you can do it people you can do it and if this film was just the preachy polemicism that people some people say it was it'd be miserable i wouldn't like it uh this is anything but that and and at every point where it has the opportunity to really dig in the blade, the choice is made to be fantastical or funny, and I think it's a fantastic choice. Uh, cast is great. Gosling, who was, I was always been skeptical of, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Margot Robbie might be the best possible person and only possible person to be Barbie. It's insane this movie exists. It's doubly insane that it's this good, and I can attest that it is this good, if not better, on a rewatch. And uh, I'm really glad we're covering it. And I, I, I honestly think this is... This is at least top three movie of the year for me. And I, I don't, I don't, I could, couldn't tell you. We'll see how the rest of the year shakes out, but uh, it's been a joy to talk about it with all of you. All right. Um, Andy, Ken, I Mandy. Was, uh, was, <laughs> I, I was really expecting this not to work, uh, but I'm glad it did. Like, like, I mean, look at how cynical we are, right? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, no I, way. Well, like, like, maybe maybe the, the part of it that wasn't going to work is that it's not necessarily for like, yeah. grown men to go. Well, to, sure. Yeah. Right. I, but I mean, like, like I did go see. I saw. The movie. Where's the Barbie I, movie for men? <laughs> I saw Legally Blonde in the theater and thoroughly enjoyed that. So, like, you know. The, the, Legally Blonde, too, apparently, also. Uh, no, I did not see that in the theater. Barbie movie for men is Be just clear. Oppenheimer. I, I didn't see it in the theater, and, and it's not nearly as good as the first one. Like, like. Okay. Uh, you know, I I will stand for the first Legally Blonde movie, not for for. Uh, oh, is this, this going to be your? Is this going to be your bit now where you just no a completely no because because what the, I wanted to do as you're trying to bring me off topic here, uh, and I'm trying to stay on topic really hard. Um, <laughs> let, 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 is that, that, there we go. Uh, this is for Andy once. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> legally blonde. Yes, legally blonde. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, yeah. I will like, legally say, blind. The absolute nice. To, you compare the two movies. That's all I'm saying. And anyways, uh, the the big thing that that uh, I really uh, I, I thought this movie was almost perfect, except for one line right at the end about the whole um, uh, mother stay still so their mother uh, so their children can see how far they've gone. And, but that's not really true because as a parent, you're constantly growing yourself. You're never actually staying still. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I, fact, I kind of. In fact, it's not true. Hypothetically speaking. He gets. He's the only parent here. He gets to have yeah, his say. No, I, and, and I, I mean, like, like I co-sign everything about this movie except for that one line. And, and I, I, just, I, I would. I, I feel would, like, I guess, like all right. that needs to be analyzed a little bit better you know a little bit more and i i, I know so you got notes for greta okay it's kind of it. interesting Come on the show, like, greta. would have made two billion if you had done it they're, Andy's way. No, they're no, in I like mean, they're in like a, a multiracial family and there is something about like Im immigrant families kind of and parents coming i mean parents mm -hmm. coming over and staying in one place to like help their maybe that's some kind i mean yeah. some part of what they were going for although i mean she's not but like i don't know yeah, it just it, the line itself is is a little like like everything about this movie works except for that one line in my that, opinion. That line would have worked just, way better in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. At the end of it, she was like, "Why don't I close these? I think I'm better at." <laughs> I think I'm, I think Andy yeah. Andy can get his thoughts out quicker earlier on. All right. I don't, well, actually, you know what, Christina should have closed. It. I don't know. We're a bunch of massagists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Women go last. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Here, she's, here's my she's she's like basically the marketing team for Barbie, as far as I'm concerned. Here, here's yeah. My, here's my here's my final bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs>